Yes, sir. Time to crank up the big, the bottles, and the boom shakalakas, baby. I am the captain. We are the sports brew. And this, my friends, is a can-crushing Tuesday because we have a lot of a lot of football to celebrate, man. Wildcard weekend, which I'm pretty sure all of us enjoyed, as well as what turned out to be an absolutely fantastic, classic game finish. And some people might even say a legendary finish in that Alabama-Georgia college championship game. That was fantastic and riveting football. What a fantastic weekend. So we obviously have a lot of stuff to talk about to get to, and we're going to do that, brothers. But first and foremost, let's go ahead and get everybody up in this piece. And since he's rocking yet another fantastically random, and this time I know it's a Mets hat, hat we'll go ahead and lead off with the one and only D-Stat. That's right. What's up, brother? How are you? I'm doing damn well, brother. How are you doing? I'm all right. I'm all right, man. You ready to hit your cue, brah? Always. All right. Three, brew, and fun. Woo! Woo! That's right. There you are, man. All right, so real quick, I know this is super random, but you're rocking this Mets hat, and it's got this Velcro ball stuck on the brim. I've never seen that before, and you explained yes. it before, but I think it's so fantastically random that you need to explain this hat again. I'd be happy to real quick. So there's this awesome group for anybody. I, I doubt there's a ton of them, but but if we randomly have a ton of Mets fans, as <laughs> I would love to know that we do, there's this awesome group called the Seven Line Army. I have a ton of their they're, they're a group of Mets fans. They're started by by one guy in particular, Darren Meehan, um, and they've been around for, for a good many years now, and the idea is, the, well, the name is the Seven Line Train used to take uh, or take fans uh, to City, or excuse me, to Shea Stadium, and so he started this up, it started small, now it's very big and big time, and they organize a ton of fans to go both to you know, home games, but especially to away games, and all rock the same stuff, so I mean, they can basically take over a section of away stadiums. I've never gotten to go to a game with them, but I'd love to, but I definitely love repping the merch, because it's quality stuff. We'll anyway, see. just recently, this past year, um, right. Darren said he'd always wanted to do this, but he uh, had this uh, design that he wanted to remake from a, uh, a classic... Um, classic Met, actual Mets um, game where they created this hat that right. has a Velcro ball that you could stick anywhere on the hat. They called it the rally cap. So when like you really need to get a, a runner home or on defense, if you needed to get a, a runner out in a certain spot, you could basically like set on the cap where, you know, you wanted the player to go or what have you. It's random as hell, but I thought it was a really cool idea. I love it. It's honestly probably not the type of thing that you would like wear out because, I mean, the, the 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 ball sticks well, but, I mean, you I, said it's something I think I'm, I'm rocking home while I'm watching home games. I think it's an awesome <laughs> hat. And, and beyond that, they just It's definitely ball. unique. It is. I mean, it, it's you, definitely you unique. So I, I, I love what they do, and, and I love how dedicated they are. So, I mean, definitely, I mean, you can see it. Like, I've seen plenty of times when they come to – uh, coming to Nat Stadium, you know they take over a section of the outfield. I'm I'm absolutely going to make sure that I I get to game some time with them, um, and then that'll be damn fun. So seven seven line army. If anybody ever wants to look up their stuff online, be sure to coordinate it, your merch with their uh their event. You know what I mean? Oh for sure, right? For sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was a great a great idea. Very cool group, and I I love love seeing what they do. So cool. Well, I'm looking forward to whatever random merch you rock. Uh, on an ongoing basis, you are uh, perhaps I'm like the random fine crap on Facebook guy. 
Like that's me. Like I find oh, yeah. I find complete randomness on the interwebs and stupidity in the internet. It's, I don't know why. I'm just drawn to stupidity. It's probably why I'm friends with all you guys. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Bad joke. Uh, but I do like stupid stuff, and I do like really crazy stuff, and I have a I do like really dark humor. So it all converges in this really strange crap hole of the internet. You know what I mean? And so I like really random stuff. So that's for whatever reason that's what I enjoy. But Mark. You're the one that gets like the most random assortment of like glasses, hats, and gear. It's lively. Uh, yeah, I, w- I would agree with that. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty fun. It's pretty fun. <laughs> anyway, let's go ahead and get everybody else in here because we we have to talk about more than hats. We got to talk about some football, man, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Why not, man? Why not? Let's see, Shannon. Oh, what should I give you? You know what? We're gonna go back to this, man, because I think we were all hypnotized, right? Uh, by the end of that college football game, brother. How you doing tonight, man? Dude, man, Nick Saban is so great that not only does he have one really good Alabama QB, he has two of them. I Well, I don't know. I think he only has one of them, but that's my personal opinion. <laughs> Just saying. You know. I, actually, well, I do like that's kind of cool. That's kind of cool because Hertz has led them. I mean, he's been an instrumental you know, cog in a multi-championship appearance team, but... I was watching that game and watching that first half, and I had the song ready. <laughs> it's a little REM and everybody hurts. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because that first half for Alabama, bro, that junk was painful. <laughs> that junk was painful. Kirby Smart, look, Georgia, Georgia knew. They knew how to go at them. They knew how to lock them down. And I think really other than, uh, you know, uh, one run, I don't remember when he did it, but, yeah, I mean, they, they – and of course they had the missed field goal, but I mean they really bottled them up, man. You know. Yeah, I mean with Hurts is you had to force him to beat you through the air. Yeah, and, and that's just uh, that's not his deal. They, they absolutely did that, but I, and uh, you can go ahead and play the Al Roker soundbite, but to have the balls to make a QB switch at halftime. You said balls in the mm-hmm. national championship game. Gutsy. That, that may it's gutsy, gutsy, and it may have been. Maybe one of the best coaching moves, probably ever. It's a hell then, of a move. It's a hell of a move. Obviously, in retrospect, we know that it paid off. Um, yeah. And perhaps one of the things that makes that so savvy is that nobody really knew how. I mean, it's clear that there had been mention of Tua, and we'll mess with his name in a second. Uh, but for convenience, you may hear me either call him Tags or we'll call him Tua. All right. But it's clear that the amount of film as far as at Alabama and prep and knowing what to do to deal with him was limited. So there were significant advantages. The guy had clearly a very good arm, uh, nice zip on the ball, and God bless, could that dude move around? I don't know what that. I don't have no idea what he leg presses, but homeboy's got some strong legs, man. You know what I'm saying? Third down scramble, dude. That that play. Uh, that was ridiculous. That was ridiculous. That was, and was the sick. feel in the second half, w- once they started moving, yeah, it, he wasn't perfect, but the vibe and the energy for Alabama and really at, at, in the stadium, that was a whole different deal once he was in there slinging the rock. Um, yeah. and, and you knew it. We didn't know how it would play out, but the, it felt like a completely different re-energized team because if they didn't make the change, Georgia was going to run them out of that building, man. They were going to run him out of that building. So it was a bold move, aggressive, but clearly the right decision 
uh, for a lot of different reasons, and they needed to throw. And look, Hurts is, you know, he's done a lot as a college quarterback. I don't mean to diminish him or take anything away from that guy. And kudos to him, by the way, for being out there and in front and, and you know, high-fiving, celebrating, giving dab, giving love to Tua, you know what I mean, when he got that touchdown. Uh, that's team that's player, man. team player, buddy. That's some leadership, right? And that yeah. was important in that moment, man. Uh, and that's that reflects well on Hertz, even if uh, the you know the passing game struggled. I think a lot of that you just have to give kudos to Kirby Smart, understanding the system and just having that team prepped to lock down uh, Alabama under Hertz. I mean, it, it, they knew what they were doing, uh, at least with him. And that's part of the reason that move was so, so very critical. Uh, we'll obviously spend a lot of time talking about the college football championship game uh, and then certainly wildcard weekend as well. But let's go ahead and get Randy in here. And, you know, since you were talking about this concert at the National coming up at the end of January, I am not don't know if I can make it or not, but might as well bring into some Kill Switch Engage, man. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, life to lifeless. That kind of feels like that Buffalo Jaguars game. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. Oh, what's going on, bro? Uh, Not much. And I'd like to start off a little something side note here. uh, Just because, let's be honest, this year's been really weird, uh, you know, uh, for the NFL, just because... I don't know. It's just it's it's so fast. It's such a quick thing, and it's I'm so just bummed that it's already the playoffs. I mean, I really wish the season felt longer, but I get it. It's yeah. one of those things. It it has gone really quickly, and it's just the abrupt the abruptness with which we transition from the regular season. Now, granted, week 17 is full of all kinds of fugly. You know, what I mean, we know that, uh, but the abruptness that it just kind of hits the end of the season wall, right? And then boom, boom, all of a sudden it's the playoffs, and boom, boom. You know, I mean, teams are, I mean, poor Kansas City, right? (laughs) I hope they spike the barbecue, man. (laughs) They're going to need it, bro. Dude, if you you don't have it, you need to bring up the how do you F that up soundbite. Oh, Shannon, you don't don't think I'd have that ready? You don't think I'd have that ready for you? Come on, man. I mean, we're going to have to do it live, so. This is true. Fuck that up. How do you fuck that up? (laughs) <laughs> you run the ball like hardly at all the second half. Uh, well, I mean, come on, man. You got Kareem Hunt. He led the league in rushing. Give that man I, the ball. I, I know. Part of the big story of that is obviously losing Kelsey. That was a lot to – he's such a critical piece for that offense, uh, and he's such a good tight end, you know. But yeah. still, to be up – to be up, what, 21 – was it 21-3 to half? And just to, to for that game to go that way, for them to not – I don't know. I mean, the difference between Alex Smith first half, second half, uh, there's so many things that go into that, and you have to give credit to the Titans. My gosh, and they had some fantastic, they had some things really break their way. All right. I mean, Mariota's completing a touchdown pass to himself, okay? You know, I mean, those things don't happen with any degree of frequency. So they had some good breaks, they had some good bounces, but Kansas City had plenty in front of them, and they really, <laughs> they really pissed that game away. And it's a shame because they're a better team than that. But that's that's what they did. Unfortunately, oh, unfortunately, they have kind of a history of that. Uh, and Andy Reid has a little bit of history of that. And we'll certainly spend some time talking. Yeah, 21-3 halftime lead. Alex Smith, by the way, I want you to keep this in mind. In the first half, Alex Smith was balling. Okay? He was balling. In the second half, Alex Smith was 5 of 10 
for 33 yards with a 57.5 passer rating. Atrocious. Atrocious. In the first quarter, Alex Smith was 8 for 11 for 154 yards. First quarter. Think of how different that is. I mean, they, they had a lot of things fall apart. Again, I, I think the loss of Kelsey was absolutely huge. Uh, yeah, you that, know, that hurt on the big But time. not using Hunt? Come on, yeah, that, man. Yeah, that, it, it was funny. You were saying pissing the game away. It made me think of Chubbawamba. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, That's one we haven't played in a while. But how, like, I, I just don't understand, like, yes, you lost Kelsey. Okay, run the damn ball, man. Even if you have to run it on first and second down with Hunt or a screen pass, just like little things like that, because Dick is going to make those adjustments. I mean, dude's been in the league for 50 years. <clears throat> he knows what he's doing. So, Did you just want to bring up pissing the night away and somebody named Dick? <laughs> <laughs> I sir, Do you remember the race car driver Dick Trickle? <laughs> do you remember that guy? Does anybody... Dick Trickle, man. Real dude. Real name. Hell of a name. There you go, Shannon. That one's for you. Thanks. Yeah. Man, 90s. 90s era classic right there. That's a throwback. God. I just just don't under... Like, I think Kareem Hunt, if I'm not mistaken, for the game had 11 carries. He did. He did. He he had 11 carries, uh, uh, 42 yards, and he had 14 total touches. That's, uh, that's inexcusable. 47 scrimmage yards, by the way. And he only had he only had three touches in the fourth quarter. And I w- remember this. He had three touches in the fourth quarter, and the fourth quarter is where Kareem Hunt had the most rushing yards in the NFL. Three touches. Inexcusable. Three touches. I, how are you going to win doing that? The Chiefs and only- he had a week off the week before. I, I mean, like, the, kid, the kid's ready. Give him I the know. ball. It was atrocious. It was atrocious. And, uh, you know, I, I, I feel... For I'm not a Chiefs fan, but I I feel for him, man. That that's a tough way to go, dude. That's a tough break, man. And I like Andy Reid, but you know that's just one of the knocks against him, man. It's one of the knocks against Reid, man. He he'll it's the old Marty Schottenheimer argument. He'll get you to the playoffs, and then it fizzles out. So I just just don't get it, man. I just, the we have said it for years. Like run the ball. Like run the ball. Like all these teams now want to pass too much. Tennessee played it right. They gave Derrick Henry uh, twenty three carries. Twenty three carries. Twenty three. Okay, I can guarantee you he's going to get at least twenty three next week. Even if they're behind, they're going to run the ball to try to keep the cl- to keep the ball. Well, away unless, from unless Demarco Murray is back, but it doesn't. They're going to run the rock. Here's the deal: if Demarco Murray's back, each of them should have at least twenty carries. <laughs> I am not even playing. Well, like, I didn't know we were kind of like piddle around with this game at the moment. But uh, one thing, yeah, you have those two backs. Well, if if Murray's able to play, but Henry clearly looked good. Uh, but one thing that that seemed to stand out with uh, you know Marcus Mariota is that he looked like he, he was kind of spry, man. I know he's had some you know kind of some lower body leg kind of issues, injuries, whatever uh, this season, and he looked like that wasn't bothering him, and he's a, clearly a much more effective quarterback when that's the case, um, the old proverbial dual threat guy, although he can legitimately throw the ball, <laughs> you know, there's some dual, uh, yes. there's some dual threat guys that, that don't throw but so well, um, he, he can actually, as ESPN would say, he can spin the ball, um, <laughs> I 
freaking hate that damn expression, man. God bless. Um, he could spin the ball while the defense pins their ear back. Donovan McNabb sure can't spin the ball into the ground, guys. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, rounders. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Play, playing a little pepper, man. Playing a little pepper. Um, but, at, you know, I mean, he looked good in some spots. And he looked like he was able to move around. And he, he did some nice work on the ground. I mean, clearly nobody was as good on the ground as Blake Bortles this, this past weekend. But... God, that was that was horrible. <laughs> that was horrible. All right, so uh, look, we need to make a decision. Either we're going to sit here and we're, we're going to talk about Titans Chiefs and then go to the CFP, or we'll go to the CFP and then come back to Titans Chiefs. I'm okay either way. If we just want to deal with Titans, Titans Chiefs, all right, let's just knock it out. Let's, let's just. Ah. <laughs> Dude, we've already started. Let's just knock it out and then we'll, then we'll transition. Mark's like NFL, no, no, no. I love NFL, but I just feel like college, do the college playoff, then do okay, wild card, then. All right, we'll predictions for next weekend. It, that's well, fine. Keep, 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 it, keep it, keep it logical. Keep it hey, logical. <laughs> let's ask, let's ask Bill O'Reilly what we should do. Logical. <laughs> Since when do we do anything logical around here? What? <laughs> logical. <laughs> 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 what? <laughs> Cohesive. Cohesive. That's tomorrow, and that is it for us today. And we will leave you with a logical, cohesive. What? We'll do it live. The sports brew. Salute o'clock. Do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I can. He just said we should do it live. Do the salute o'clock live. Fucking thing sucks. (laughs) Thanks, Bill. (laughs) All right, salute o'clock it is then, and then we'll go to the CFP. All right. So, uh, gentlemen, tonight, mm, I'm enjoying a, a fantastic rum and coke. I'm rocking a little Sailor Jerry's this time around. I've drained the captain reserve. Uh, it happens. Uh, Sailor Jerry's, though, is hitting the spot. And then also I have uh, one of my favorite uh, IPAs, a little three-notch, 40-mile uh, IPA for the for the gut, as we would say. So, there we go. That's what I'm crushing on a can, crushing Tuesday. Shaden, what you got, bro? I'm I'm keeping it simple tonight. Just rolling with the Blue Moon. Look at that, the classic. Classic. I think the Randy. weren't you drinking Blue Moon the other week? Yes, I was. All right. Are you drinking Blue Moon this week? Actually, uh, I decided to change up a little bit. Went with the uh, Red's Wicked Apple Ale. All right. A nice change of pace. Nice mm-hmm. change of pace. Mark, what you got, bro? I'm rocking La Fin du Monde. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. I haven't had one of those in a few, uh, well, I, I was going to say a few years, but it's been a minute. I don't know if it's been a few years, but that's a good triple, man. That's a tasty beer. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I, I feel like that's tasty. one I feel like that's one you're supposed to pour in a swanky glass, you know what I mean? <laughs> True. Probably. Yeah. Although True. the the juxtaposition of you with a Velcro ball on your hat and a swanky beer glass is kind of fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, li- I like that. I like that. I like that. That'd be pretty good. Do, are you just going straight out of bottle or do you have like fancy Uh right now it's straight out of bottle. Okay. That's all right. Yeah. Lufin them all, man. For the win. Get a shirt straight out the bottle. Mm-hmm. Not a bad way to go. Okay, well, Speak, let's... Speaking of... Real quick, Justin. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. Speaking of swanky bottles or glasses or whatever, mm-hmm. our Mexican restaurant had the gingerbread stout on tap. I thought you were going back to Rodrigo Blankenship. <laughs> 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 I, I seriously did. 
Anyway, it's like, you know, it's like the little round glass, you know, little 10 ounces or whatever. Mm-hmm. They just gave me like a 20 ounce thing and just poured that thing. 20 ounces of gingerbread stout. And they only charged me seven bucks. I was like, sweet. <laughs> You're like, that's a freaking win. Hell yeah. Although I looked at the wife. I'm like, we're going to be here for a while. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's... You're like, uh, this dude's getting a good tip. Yeah, buddy. Were you feeling a little stout (laughs) later that night, sir? (laughs) Just saying. Yes. (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) Legit question, man. Legit question. (laughs) Anyway, that's all right. Oh, man. All right. Well, let's... um... That's nice, by the way. That's nice. It's always great when you go go get a beer and like they they just give you a, a fantastic pour, you know what I mean? And, and don't aren't all stingy up on you. I hate places that are all stingy on the pour, man. Don't like, be stingy. You get extra tip on the yeah. uh, more pour. Well, you know, that's what she said, right, Shannon? A little, <laughs> little extra tip. A little tip. Just yeah, the tip. Yeah. Just the tip. tip. Just the tip. Oh, what are you? What, what are you, Ronnie Lot? Where we going? <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just saying. Oh yeah, man. Ronnie Loplast. Boy, that's a that's a rare treat on the sports brew. My gosh. Not gonna hear the, not gonna hear that one but so frequently. Anywho, all right. Well I tell you what, we'll circle back. We'll uh we'll do Mark Mark a solid and we'll circle back to uh the CFP, man. Uh which is totally cool because you know what? The first half, definitely a Georgia thing. I have no qualms about that. You know, we we talked about it the other week, and we thought that uh, Georgia would, you know, really be able to give them a run. But I think all of us kind of had this little, uh, almost wishful thinking that Georgia could pull this off. A little optimism, but we kind of, you know, and a lot of people felt this way that it's just like you got. <laughs> it's it's great to think you can beat Alabama, but until you do it. It's just, you know what I mean? It's just, it's a, it's a, it's a big ask, right? It's almost, you hate to say wishful thinking, but it's just, you know, I mean, Clemson pulled it off, but we just weren't quite sure how this was going to play out. And Georgia played just an incredible first half uh, to be able to do that. I'm not saying everything was pretty. All right. That there was a lot of physical, there was a lot of boom, boom, pow kind of going on in that game, but they had the setup. um, They had the defense locked in. And yet again, and please, Shannon, can someone explain to me how of, of all the things Saban does so well, how can that dude not get a freaking kicker worth of salt on that team? <laughs> what is the deal with Saban? Is that like the one out, like the, the proverbial one chink in the armor with Alabama and Saban? Can, can they not identify a kicker? Or do they just go, you know what? Pfft, we're going to save that scholarship for another defender, another running back. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Because look, look at how clutch and how ridiculously good, you know, uh, and Blankenship's kind of been a fun story. You know, he, we've had some fun with him, but, but that dude can legit bang some serious kicks, dude. That guy has a leg. He has a great look, and if, if Hot Rod is indeed his nickname, I think that's glorious. But that, that dude is freaking money. Dude, he, yeah. he 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 spins the ball through the through the uprights. Yeah, there nice. you go, there you go, there you go. <laughs> real real does, nice. Does he does he pin his ears back when he yeah. kicks? Rodrigo he Blankenship does. pins his ear back, spins the ball through the uprights, and gets the freaking Titanic treatment. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just when he runs onto the field. That's right. 
<laughs> that's, that's fantastic. That's funny. But, you know, really, and a lot of people were arguing, was it a great game? I, I think it was a great finish. I don't know that it was a great game. It was a great build-up to it, and it was a great finish. It was a great second half. Um, I'm kind of on the fence about calling it legitimately a great game. Um, and if, if y'all feel otherwise, if you think it was... I, I can't. I just... I know a lot of people were like, oh my gosh, what a great game. And the Rose Bowl last week was four times better. Well, it's a different type of game because sure. it's Alabama and you're going to have the defense. I get that. Uh, but like from start to finish, that Rose Bowl was phenomenal. Like the, the 06 Texas USC game from start to finish, mm-hmm. phenomenal. Uh, this game. It took the backup quarterback, which is kind of a cool story, coming in and throwing three touchdowns in the second half to lead his team to a victory in overtime, which is cool. What do you? What? What? Would, what would you guess is the number one? Like, and this was an ESPN article, but it was titled "The Ten Best College Football Title Games of All Time." Easy pickings. What do you think the number one game is? USC Texas. There you go. I mean, with, without skipping a beat, right? Right. Without skipping a beat. That, that's absolutely up there. And then uh, Clemson, Alabama, uh, mm-hmm. from, uh, you know, obviously the last one is, is number four. So, you know, and they have, they have Alabama, Georgia at five. What they have in front of Alabama, Georgia, Texas, USC at one, uh, Miami, ne- Miami, Miami, Nebraska from 84 at two, um, Ohio State, Miami from 2003. Uh, that was a two overtime special, that one. Um, uh, controver- I like this one. The controversial pass interference call in the end zone is what a lot of people remember. Uh, Clemson 35, Alabama 31, 2017. Uh, again, uh, Alabama, Georgia, the overtime game here at number five. They got Alabama Clemson uh, from 2016 at 45-40 special. And there's some other ones I don't necessarily remember. I mean, I, I went around for Notre Dame, Alabama in 73. <laughs> I went around for that one. Uh, Penn State, Penn State, Penn State. Penn State, Miami in 87. You know, that was I mean, a good one. Yeah, they, they got some classics. Alabama, Penn State 79, and Texas Notre Dame in 1970. Um, so it, it is kind of interesting to think that both of the Alabama-Clemson games are in there, and then, you know, Alabama uh, and obviously Georgia. Are, that's pretty significant um, to have three, or at least in this ranking. Some people may disagree, <coughs> but to have three of those games the past three years sitting right there in the top ten. But it was it was an incredible finish, and I think the storylines, the storylines from that game with what the first half looked like, and then with Tua coming in um, and doing what he did, it it is incredible. It's a great story. We've seen a you know, I'm, Lord knows, um, other than you know Mark in his early twenties, the rest of us we've seen you know perhaps <laughs> a little bit, a few more football games along the way, a few more football games along the way, but. You know, it's a rare thing. I mean, how many times do you, does the backup quarterback or a, or a backup quarterback come in and do what he did? I mean, what do you want to throw out like Frank Reich or something, or uh, uh, a Hosteller from the Giants? I mean, and that's pro stuff. Um, Hosteller from the Giants. I mean, it's a short list, right, of of guys that would come in and just take over and either lead you to victory or lead you to a championship. Drew Bledsoe when he came in for Brady when Brady got injured in the one. <laughs> In the yeah. AFC Championship, <laughs> I mean it's it, it's a short list, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's, a short, it's a short list, right? So that was for you, Lindsay. Yeah, 
By the way, did you see? Uh, did, did any of you guys watch any of the uh, John Gruden uh, introduction, whatever, whatever press conference with the Raiders today? Oh, dude, was it, it was an absolute hoot, and I've never seen a, a, such a, a a hype video for a coach getting hired at the press conference. And for <laughs> and real, they did man, a hype video? they did a hype. There's no joke. They did a hype video, and so they had a. Uh, uh, Mark Davis and the GM, and I can't remember the GM's name at the moment, the guy that used to be with the Packers, but... McKenzie. Uh, yeah, Mc- Reggie McKenzie, right? Uh, they were sitting there at the table, and then they're talking, and then the next thing you know, like the room gets dark, and they got this hype video coming on, and it's just... The, and it's like the, the crew didn't quite know what was going on because they didn't pan to it, right? They're just sitting there, like the, the camera's just sitting on Mark Davis while those hype videos playing. You're like, well, what the hell are they doing? Were they supposed to cut to the video? So then they switch to a different perspective, and they're showing the, just the wall, and they have this hype video playing for John Gruden, and it makes sense, right? But it felt like an ESPN puff piece for John. And one of the a couple things that are funny from it. Number one, we've been waiting for kind of that return of Chucky, you know, and he was totally rocking like the mega eyebrow and the stink eye and the I got a fart face <laughs> and like you know what I mean, and all the and all the stuff that he has, and he sound he sounded like what you would remember. He sounded like that guy. But uh, a couple things I thought were funny. Uh, number one is uh, I saw somebody post a picture of Mark Davis and uh, uh, John Gruden and it said, uh, the Raiders have the two worst haircuts in all of the NFL. <laughs> I laughed. And then somebody was like, yeah, well, yeah, they, they started making fun of, 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 of how Al Davis looked. So they posted this picture, which, I mean, come on, the dude was 80, man. He, was, he, was, he looked a little rough at the end of his life. But they posted this picture of Al Davis and he, he, he was in rough shape. But what I thought was funny is somebody said, "Whoa, is that Snoke from Star Wars?" Oh, <laughs> and I was like, "Wow, that is ruthless, dude!" And, but when I saw the picture and I saw the comment, I was like, "Yeah, I get where you're coming from. I know why you said it." But that's pretty, that's pretty ruthless, man. Um, but anyway, so welcome back, welcome back, John Gruden, and I can't wait for all the ridiculousness that now that you don't have your ESPN Monday Night Football filter I can't wait for all the complete shenanigans and stupidity and ruthlessness that emanate from your pie hole because we know it's back because I mean he just he was just like he had the eyebrow thing going on looking at people it was great but he for real had an absolutely ridiculous hype video thought that was very funny uh anyway back back to the snokeless uh college football championship game (laughs) I mean for real dude why can't Alabama get a kicker? It's amazing to me. Um, but look, <coughs> Georgia obviously has a great first half, and they polished that off with a short goal line touchdown from Miko Hard- Hardman. And, and keep that name in mind because he had some he did some nice things in that game. Uh, lined up under center. What were they calling that? The wild dog. I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, the wild uh, dog. The wild dog. Uh, faked the handoff to Sony Michelle. Got around the edge and got into the end zone. It was a thirteen to nothing halftime lead. Uh, it was the second largest deficit for Alabama under Saban, by the way. Which I mean, you wouldn't think thirteen points is 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 that crazy, but I guess they've been so good for so much of this run that it's super unusual for them. Uh, again, Georgia really dominated the first half, and Alabama completely whiffed out uh, on a field goal kick early in the game. But um, I guess before we get to the second half and all that, what were your uh, kind of reactions? Uh, we have our expectations, but what were your reactions really to the first half of that game? Because this really is a game of two halves. It absolutely is, uh, uh, Mark. Uh, I'm going to go with you first, but you know what? Where were you standing, and what were you thinking uh, at the end of the first half uh, with Georgia just looking like they were putting foot to ass in that game? 
Um, I, I, I felt good. I, I didn't feel. I felt. I felt very good. I mean, it was certainly you know a zero on on Alabama. That that was fantastic. Uh, I certainly knew there was a full half to go. Um, but I, I, I said late in third, and I really probably would have felt this way from halftime on, that it felt very much like if Georgia could have gotten up by three scores at almost any point in the game, that might have been almost it. Yeah, just I mean, definitely, definitely with with Hertz, and and I, I like Hertz, and 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 I, I mean, I was going to say, you know, I so much echo what you said uh, about you know you got to give him so much credit for you know clearly being a great team player, not just seeming like he's you know, paying lip service, but yeah. because because of his actions. I mean, you see him, he legitimately was the first one out there to, to celebrate with two after the first touchdown. Um, and, and, and I mean, he's, Hurts is a great quarterback. They're just, they're very different styles. Yes. Um, and, 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 you know, some of the guys, uh, I thought it was a good discussion. Um, I can't remember which ones, but a couple of the ESPN commentators talking about it. I mean, it's it's, it's going to be, I mean, it's a negative thing that, like, certainly Alabama's not going to want to talk about right now, but, you know, commentators, you know, it's their job to talk about, like, Hurts very well maybe somewhere else next year. I mean, it's uh, you know it's tough to think that they really have a spot for both of them, but something to be evaluated later. Um, and and, and but he, he's a very quality quality guy who certainly you know he'll he'll land on his feet somewhere if he it's will. not Alabama. He will. Um, but uh, but anyway, the first half was, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, it, it was it was it was you know gritty um and uh it, it it definitely you know it had you know flaws it wasn't perfect but i i certainly knew that alabama was going to play much better in the second half um georgia they they should feel very good but they they could have been in a even better i don't know i mean i'm being, being hard on them. i mean you're up 13 nothing against alabama at halftime yeah. you, you feel good you feel very good, but you also know it's Alabama, and there's a full 30 minutes ago. Um, so I felt good, but not great. Um, and but I really I felt like if they could, it's like come on, the scene that get get off to a hot start in the second half, you know, start you know putting you know foot to throat, and um, yeah, let's 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 get it done. Yeah, I, I, I know there was a point later in the game when Tua had thrown that pick and it looked like and granted, you know, Fromm kind of returned the favor with a fluke. I mean, the ball bounced off a dude's head off a helmet. I mean, it was a fluke play, right? But it felt like that was a moment where Alabama was coming and Georgia would have the opportunity to go ahead and try to put some more points on the board and, and just kind of get it out of reach. Cause I mean, really there was a momentum swing, but you know, when they're up at that point, and it, I mean, it just it felt like they just had the mojo, the energy, the defense, the offense. They were going to pound it out. And from, you know, we went in thinking, okay, can he have a good game? How, how's this kid going to look? And I, you know, I thought he played pretty damn well. Um, I mean, you can always nitpick some stuff. I mean, you can. He wasn't perfect, but that's a big stage. That's a big moment, and that's a big time damn defense. And uh, I, I thought Fromm played pretty pretty well. Um, gave, Absolutely, gave him some nice opportunities. And you know, again, that that was just we were like, what's he going to look like? What's he going to be like in that game? And you know, I I think he 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 held up for the most part pretty well. He made some really pretty throws. Oh, um, yeah. You know, and uh, I I don't know how great the, the Wild Dog was. Kind of fun. I don't know if they went to that well a little bit too too frequently, but. Again, a tale of two halves. But before we get too far into the second half, uh, Shane and Randy, either what, either what, you know, uh, any other kind of gut check reactions out of the first half, and you know, just I just, 
I, I thought Kirby Smart played it very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stop the run and force Jalen Hurts to beat you through the air. Uh, I think we've said that a few times yeah. on on the podcast. Uh, obviously, easier said than done. Of course, because you you, you got to have the boys to be able to stop that running game. Because <laughs> you can talk about stopping the Alabama running game all you want in college, but unless if you have the athletes that can match up to that offensive line and actually tackle those guys, yeah, you know, one of those easier said than done. But George Georgia did it well. Um, they got. They were fortunate that they missed the field goal, and uh, I thought they played about as flawless a first half as you could. I mean, you got thirteen on Alabama's defense in the first half. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's pretty damn good. And they probably could have gotten more, but I mean, you take what you can get against that defense. Well, you know, Hertz was uh, three of eight. Just just throw the numbers out there. Hertz was three of eight for twenty one yards. I mean, that's that's rough. Yeah, that's n- that's not going to get it done. That's rough. Well, it was it was clear it was abundantly clear that wasn't going to get it done against Georgia in this game, and I I, I mean I I think watching the first half, I'm not saying that Alabama was deflated or lethargic. That's not what I'm saying. But you know, with Georgia kind of imposing their will on the first half the way that they did, um, I think the the Alabama offense, their ineffectiveness was weighing on that team. I think that is a, you know what I mean? A fair point. And I think Saban knew that. I think Saban and that staff knew that. And, you know, whether or not Hertz kind of knew that as well, I I don't know. We're not in in that dude's head. Uh, And as great as he was being supportive and, and, you know, kind of being a champion for the team and his teammate in the second half, dude, I just don't see any feasible way that they were going to, you know, do much of anything if, if they didn't make a change. So a bold move, but certainly one forced by necessity. And I know there have been rumblings about him, uh, you know, getting a little bit more PT and start. And then, you know, after the fact, people, there were some chatter and some rumblings that, you know, if, if uh, that he was going to, you know, seek a transfer from Alabama if he wasn't going to, you know, be the starter, wasn't going to get PT or, or be able to legitimately have a competition and, and get a chance to start. So, you know, I, I don't know how much of a quarterback controversy Saban truly has. I think most people looking at that game are going to go, Jalen, we appreciate everything you've done, uh, but uh, I think it's now time to turn this team over to, uh, you know, to uh, Tongue of Viola. Did I say that right? Wow. <laughs> look, look <clears throat> one of the reasons we had to go college football championship, for, and we were joking about this, Mark, I think you made this joke too, is we needed to be sure that all the alcohol hadn't kicked in yet, so we could still actually pronounce this guy's name. So uh, you know what? I yeah, mean, you know, go Arnold with it. Yeah. So all right, all right, all right. Let, let, let's do our ra- let's, let's do our round off of memory if we can pronounce his name right. Because believe me, everybody's going to know how to pronounce this dude's name. If you didn't know before, you're going to know, particularly next year, because that dude has to be rolling in again. Jalen, Jalen, man, thanks for everything you've done. Uh, you've done for Alabama, but bro. I don't know how they 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 sit to a. I just don't think you can. I mean, that was phenomenal, and that offense was alive with him. That's that that's less a knock on Jalen and more recognition of what looks like a a really really special college quarterback talent. Uh, super early. To, I mean, how far can you project? He's a freshman, but I mean, that was pretty damn good. Uh, but just for funsies. 
Let, uh, how about we go name name game real quick, just so that, just to see if everybody remembers. Uh, <laughs> Randy, since you laughed first, you get to go first. Uh, let's see. Tua Tonga Violoa. 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 What? Tonga Violoa. Tonga Violoa. Okay. All right. All right. Not bad. Shannon, what you got? Tua Tonga Violoa. Mark, give, give it a go. Uh, Tua Mariota. <laughs> See, I like. There you go. What? I like the stuff. I like the stuff pre-podcast when uh, I ask how to pronounce the name. And uh, Shannon, did you did you say Tim Tebow? Tua Tim Tebow. Tua Tim Tebow. <laughs> and Mark, did you say Marcus Mariota pre-podcast? No, I said Manti Teo. Mant. Oh, that's right. You did say Manti Teo. I said Andre Giroud Giroud Gerard. <laughs> but. Yeah, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm, I'm gonna say what what I think is correct based off memory to a tongue of viola, right? Yeah, and that's that probably that, that's probably incorrect. So here he is saying his own name, and let's try to commit this to memory. Uh, tongue of viola. So you say oh, tongue of viola. Damn it. Tongue first. <clears throat> o viola. Tongue of viola. Tongue of viola. We were all wrong. Viola. So you say tongue first. <clears throat> o viola. That sounds like a, a drinking game, doesn't it? Can, can we get a clip of Failhorn just for fun? <laughs> Here you go. Speaking of the Failhorn, I don't know what happened to Matt. He's been, like gone for a couple of weeks. <laughs> he just sleep, ma'am. He's what? He's just sleeping? He's just sleeping. That's all right. He's, he's chilling in his lazy boy somewhere, I suppose. That's all right. Maybe he's trying to review the halftime show if he can figure out if Kendrick Lamar was actually lip syncing. Maybe <laughs> it did Who feel it, it did feel like he was. I did laugh at that. Uh, there was there were people. All, I mean, Twitter was kind of blown up with some of that. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> Meh. Okay, so let's get let's get to the second half because that's really the meat and potatoes of this damn thing. By the way, Shannon. Fun side note. Uh, since two thousand, every single player that Nick Saban has signed and that has stayed out in three years that that's the key number has signed and stayed three years at either LSU or Alabama has won at least one national championship crazy think about that it's amazing that is an absolutely incredible statistic and it goes to show you um just you know when we talk about Saban obviously people are going to throw around goat um at least at the you know collegiate rankings he didn't fare so well in the NFL that's life but what he's accomplished in his career from Michigan State to LSU and obviously uh now at Alabama I mean, it's hard to argue against all of his results. We can make fun of the little Debbie snack cakes. We can make fun of some of his rants, and he clearly gets pissed. And I like how Lane Kiffin had something where it was like, Saban doesn't yell at his assistant coaches? What? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Kind of chuckled at that one, right? Uh, And then somebody was joking around saying that they bet there was a whole bunch of table flipping in the uh, Alabama locker room at the halftime. But... Um, you know, you, you can, you can nitpick certain things. You can, you can give him grief for his personality or things that you don't like about the guy. But, um, really at the end of the day, if, if you're going to just kind of, you know, talk about results and effectiveness and recruiting at the collegiate level and delivering championships, I mean, what he's done from LSU to Alabama specifically is just pretty damn fantastic. So, and, and you know, you have to give him kudos for that, even if you hate him. And there's plenty of people that hate Alabama and plenty of people that hate Nick Saban. But, but I mean, you know, but uh, I mean, the guy, they've delivered. 
They've delivered, man. They've delivered. So in the second half, here comes – I think we're just going to call him Tua for short because Tung O Viola, I probably butchered it again. Um, that, that's, just, that's just too many syllables for two or three drinks into the podcast. So we either got to go tags or we got Tua. Or we can go Tuaka maybe. That might be, I do like some Tuaka. That is really good, by the way. I haven't had that in a while. Mark, do you like Tuaka? I, I love Tuaka. Yeah. We probably ought to do some Tuaka shots when out in the sports brew. <laughs> Probably remember my, my, my wedding drink was this Tuaka Mule. Yeah, yep. that's, 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 oh, yeah that's right. Very tasty. That Tuaka, that Tuaka Mule was very good. Very good. <laughs> I, I don't remember how many I had, but I had very many of them. <laughs> I think we all did. Very many. I'd say so. But what's funny was we had so many, I had so many, that even though I spent countless hours getting the perfect beer list together for the wedding, didn't have a single beer <laughs> 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 but you know what I've, I've made up for it since you have you have many, times, many times over haven't we all haven't we all <laughs> so, so look in the second half and we referenced this very briefly earlier there's a point uh again two two was in the game at this point so we're, we're in the second half and you know there, there's a play it was third and seven and two is just scrambling around, and somehow that guy gets away from three Georgia defenders and races away from a couple more and picks up a first down. And I think it was a nine-yard game, but it felt like he ran about 50. <laughs> um, but that spin move, man, it, I mean, that was like I – mean, that, that feels like something you would have done in Madden. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I mean, it was just such a ridiculous play. Such a ridiculous play. And – that seemed too. Yeah. Oh, of it was, course. Yeah, it, was, it was an enormous moment. Yeah. It was. It was a big moment. But that. That's like when you're watching this. This kid out there. This. This guy out there. I probably shouldn't call him a kid. I mean, God bless. But when you're watching Tua out there, you're just like, whoa. You know, there's. Uh, yeah, man. There, there's life in this game yet. And he just kept. He, he had some mistakes, sure, but you could see the flash and the energy. And just, it, I mean, that was a momentum change, man. Uh, and the life that, that I thought, the energy that Alabama was playing with on both sides of the ball clearly ramped up. And you could see that, not only with that play, but then you get to first and goal in the six. Tua drops back and hits another Alabama freshman. Uh, Henry Ruggs the third in the back of the end zone. It's 13-7, to seven, and again, a clear momentum shift. And, you know, one of the stories of this game is the, is the sheer amount of freshmen that we're having? I mean, Fromm's a freshman, Two is a freshman, Rugs is a freshman, and there were other guys. I'm going off the top of my head, so I may have the number <laughs> slightly off, but I think it was around six freshmen that were playing for Alabama that that made s- significant contributions, uh, including a running back. Do you remember that guy's name, Shannon? Uh, Harris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Najee, Najee Harris. N- Najee or yeah, uh, uh, I always think of Najee Davenport from the Packers. Was he the one that pooped in the closet? Was that Najee? <laughs> <laughs> was that was that Najee Davenpoop? I mean, uh, Davin. Wasn't it him? That, wasn't that, wasn't that, that was his name? Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't it? Wasn't it Najee? N a j e e Harris. Yeah. Najee Harris. But uh, yeah, well, well, he didn't take a poop on the field or in a closet. He didn't pull a Davenport. That. He had some tough. He had some tough runs, bro. Six for sixty-four, by the way. So, yeah. <laughs> I've never heard that story about Davenport, though. That's that's I, hilarious. I could swear that's Najee Davenport. Somebody might, Randy, you might have to look up Najee Davenport. Uh, you right. know, closet poop. I'm pretty sure that's. I'm pretty sure it was him. 
Boy, that's a Google search if somebody looks at your history. Um, Why does this guy this? look up closet poop? Well, there you go. Uh, anywho, uh, <laughs> but it, but it, is there? You know what? You know what that actually deserves. I can't believe I haven't I haven't used this in forever. But that for real. Oh, please tell me I still have this save somewhere. I'm gonna be so disappointed if I don't. Oh, that's terrible. So, um, the t- title of the article, remember that time Najee Davenport pooped in a hamper? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Man. Here you oh, go. My. It, took, it took me a minute to find it, Shannon, but... For me to poop on! We had, we, we had to resurrect Triumph for that one. You know what I'm saying? Wow. That's, that's legit. Bad. That one's been a while. Yeah, that one's, that one's been a minute. So, look, you, you get Alabama, gets that touchdown... Uh, Georgia has the ball back, and this is one of those just fantastic throws from Fromm. Uh, Georgia ball, it ends up being 3rd and 11 from their own 20, and Fromm just uncorks an absolutely beautiful bomb uh, to Hardman on the sideline again. And that guy, how he stayed in is just beyond, is just incredible to me. Because not only does he haul in this catch, he somehow shakes off the damn tackler and avoids uh-huh. stepping out of bounds. You know what I'm Yeah, I know. I know that that's a that's a cheap one. That's a cheap one. It was. It is. What? Get it right, Taylor Swift. What the hell, lady? <laughs> this is the first. I'm gonna have to fail horn Taylor freaking Swift. <laughs> Actually, it's YouTube's fault. They reset my uh, they reset my page. Boo. I'll say this: What I mean, obviously, during the season, uh, some of the players obviously are taking ballet class at Georgia. Like, <laughs> they had to have been right, because I mean, I'm telling you, they got one <laughs> heck of a teacher. Yeah, but uh, Miko Hardman, man, that was a nice move. And uh, uh, Mark, I, I thought the chat was blown up when he made that. I, I think I thought you were like like popping on that one. Um, yeah, yeah, that was amazing. What? Um, I mean, it's just, just, and, and again, such crucial times. And I, I mean, I, they, they, that was probably the, to me the most impressive thing they were doing so well in the first half mm-hmm. was uh, third and long. They, they were getting it done with the run game. They, yeah. they just kept on, you know, sealing off these great outside runs that, that that were picking up, you know, seven, eight, nine yard third down conversions. And I mean, that was the biggest and just most impressive to me because yeah, I mean, not only to get 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 to the sideline, but then I mean to tiptoe and get an extra like fifteen yards or so by just dancing down the sideline. I mean. Mm-hmm. Could not have been closer to the edge, but just absolutely stayed in. I, I mean, that guy's heel was about as close to the line as you can possibly get. Yep. I mean, I, I don't know if there was a single blade of grass. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. If there was, somebody in Denver would have smoked it. I mean, that thing was, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That I mean, that was as close as you can get. I mean, they couldn't overturn it. There's no way they could have, to me, there's no, no. way that you could have overturned that. But that 80-yard touchdown, that, that was a beautiful throw. Uh, and they needed it so much in that moment. Uh, look, made it twenty to seven, man. Made it twenty to seven, but that that was just an incredible play. But you know, Alabama just again they just had so much kind of life, and that offense had so just a different level of pop uh, with Tua in there. Um, you know, Bama gets the ball back, Tua rolls out, and it's what I thought was kind of funny here. And this is when he throws the pick. It's like everybody is blocking, and I'm like. 
dude, it's not it's not hurts and Eric quarterback, y'all. Can somebody turn around and be ready for this guy to throw the ball? You know, and he make he makes clearly like a freshman mistake or uh, a mistake of inexperience, and he, he throws it into a sea of bodies. And DeAndre Baker brings in the pick, but this is where I kind of thought that Georgia looked like they were going to go for the kill shot. Uh, they're at the Alabama thirty nine, and keep in mind. Uh, we joked around about Blankenship, but I mean th- that guy's got a monster leg. So they're already at yeah. the thirty-nine, and they're—I mean, you know—they're in a nice position. They're up, and it's—it's it's almost like you don't need to do anything too crazy. Um, not that you could have controlled this, but obviously Fromm's under pressure. He throws the ball, bounces off a player's helmet, drops right into a—I uh, think it was—I uh, think it was Davis, uh, Bama defender. Uh, Davis brought that in, and you know, rumbles a few yards for the interception return. But instead of you know, Georgia either kicking a field goal or maybe getting a score. They turn the ball right back over, and it set, you know, essentially Alabama gets a field goal. They close it at 20 to 10. Um, and that was that was super significant. And, you know, sometimes in a game of this magnitude, you know, I, 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 bringing in another quarterback is a big deal, but it's funny sometimes how the ball bounces. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's funny sometimes how the ball bounces, and that was – Obviously fortuitous for uh, Alabama. Not so much for Georgia. No. Not so much for Georgia. But look, we, we get to the fourth quarter. Alabama has the ball again. It's third and eight from the 12. And this is another one of these things that was so close, man. Uh, Two of those in the end zone. It, it looks for a moment like uh, uh, the Georgia defensive back, Dominic Sanders, man. It looks like he picks it off. But mm, he, he bobbles yeah. it just so slightly. It's, it's almost like... He had it in his hands, and then he went to pin it against his body. You know what I mean? And it just popped out for just a, spl- a tiniest little split second against his leg, and then he kind of resecures it. But happens as he's going out of bounds. I mean, just a split second, if that, man. Uh, so close to picking that off. And you know, Alabama ends up getting another field goal to close the 20-13. to 13. And, you know, I, I think this is one of those things that's true. When we look at some of the wild card games, we look at this game, you know, th- some of these – when they, when they talk about football as a game of inches, it's plays like that. It's, you know what I mean? It's, you know, that, that touchdown pass to Hardman, you know, having a blade of grass between his foot and, and the sideline and not going out. And then it's, you know, um, Dominic Sanders almost picking that off. So close. I would say to you, though, when we get to the fourth quarter, uh, and it feels like Alabama was picking on, what was that guy's name, Malcolm Parrish? Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> it felt like they were picking on that dude a bit, which you know ended up being kind of the right decision. Uh, Georgia went three and out, uh, so Bama has the ball back. A little over six minutes to go. It's third and nine from the forty-eight. Uh, Tua throws to Devontae Smith, but you know Paris pushes him down. Man, he's got some contact on him, and poof, there's a flag out for you. As that drive continues, it's third and three from the six, and Georgia stuffs the run, which they had, they had defensed the run fairly well, I think, over the course of the game. And, you know, in another move of aggressiveness, and this, this is, again, uh, you know, recognition of the moment and of momentum, I think, is, is pretty clear here. Uh, Alabama goes for it on fourth down, and this is the play where I'm like, this dude, this dude has crazy skills, man. You know, it's not just a fluke thing. It's not just a, a, a you know, whatever. I, I was like, this, this guy is their future. <laughs> this guy is their future, man. Starting three, they missed that, and they, they, go for, they go for it on fourth down. And two is just... He's on the move, he's rolling out, and he throws this ball on the run, and he just fires an absolute rocket into the end zone. I don't know if he was going for Calvin Ridley, because there were two guys in the vicinity, but Ridley's the one that brings it in for the touchdown. But that throw 
on the run, getting it where he got it to with, uh, I mean, and, and that thing was on a freaking rope, dude. Mm-hmm. That thing yep. was on a damn rope. 2020 tie game. And I wrote in my notes just, woo, because <laughs> it was crazy. Accurate. Yeah. And, you know, when it was 2020, Mark, were you like, uh-oh? Um, yeah. No, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say, like, I mean, I, I'm pretty, I'm almost a thousand percent certain that all of us would say, like, you think back to last year's Super Bowl, when the Patriots, you know, tied the game in the second half. And, and I mean, I get that was a an even bigger comeback. But, I mean, that to me, I mean, the, the game was doomed. I mean, going going to overtime, especially if the Patriots got the ball first, magically, if, if, the, if the Falcons got the ball first, maybe, maybe they could have mustered up, you know, a touchdown scoring drive and closed it out. But the yeah. Patriots get the ball first, we all knew. I mean, there, there's just, I, I would have, if there could have been an open, like, you know, bet everything you own <laughs> kind of bet, <laughs> as much as it would have pained me, I'd been like, yeah, yeah, Patriots win this game. There's just, there's not a chance in hell they lose this game here. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't feel that sense of doom about Georgia. Obviously, I've mean, yeah. stated many times, and uh, my, my cousin's, uh, my favorite cousin's husband's uh, is a Georgia graduate. So I, I was pulling super, super hard for uh, the dogs. I didn't feel like it was game over. Um, I, I still felt confidence, but it, it, it hurt. I mean, I, that, that was, you know, I, I definitely, you know, I, I – it was frustrating because, I mean, it certainly felt like, again, like I said, teetering on that edge of if they just could have gotten up by three scores at any, at any given point. I really felt like it was it was it was good. You know, close the door and they just couldn't quite get there. Just stayed at that 14 point mark. Couldn't close the door. Couldn't close the door. And, and you know, there, there's two teams I think of that that were, were close and couldn't quite convert enough. And that's Georgia and it's Carolina. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Whether it's field goals or whether they just couldn't quite, they couldn't quite do enough to totally get over the hump. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. There's a lot of momentum, but one of the things that that's just crazy to me, it's just crazy to me, man. They tie the game. Georgia gets the ball, doesn't do anything with it. So they punt and you know, Alabama has the ball and it just looks like they're going to drive for the win, man. You know, and, and another Georgia penalty. Uh, Tua hits Ridley for a first down, and then uh, our, our guy Parrish gets a handful of face masks. So they, you know, they get 15 yards on that. Tua picks up a clutch third and three from the 24, and you're like, my God, man, easy t- easy field goal, right? He's not going to miss another one, is he? <laughs> <laughs> Bama milks the clock. They've, hell, they even, they even bring, bring in Jalen Hurts to, like, to, <laughs> to help set up where they're going to set the kick, man. Right, they they get to the middle yeah. of the field. They get to the middle of the field. Thirty-six yard field goal to win it. What the hell does that dude do? He missed that damn thing. He hooked the hell out of that. He hooked the hell out of that dude. He's trying to give a fan a souvenir. I guess. <laughs> well, if you watch the replay, you see like his plant leg slipped just as he was kicking the ball. Yeah, hey, which is a tough that- break. Oh, for sure. But, I mean, that that that, that first – his first field goal, goal of the game that was nowhere close and that last one, I mean, that's – that was hideous. And, I mean, that's, you know, one of those things you're playing for an elite, you know, college team like Alabama. You just – again, clearly the, the recent years they've, they've struggled with their kicking game. But, you know, typically you just don't expect that kind of thing. I mean, you know, it's one of those that, that never stands a chance and, and obviously, you know, kind of, you know, looks even worse when you, you, you know, look to – you know, the way that, um, you know, 
good old hot rod, you know, just, just drills the 51 yarder, you know, you compare that. I mean, that, that was to me, that was perfection. In a, in oh a my kick. God. And you see, he just, he just started, started mm. it with just a tiny bit of hook. So you just see, it's just, it's just slowly. I mean, the, booted it i mean did a great job of obviously getting more than enough power on it but just just curls it just just inside the right upright just just perfection um well you know we joked around about it in the chat but there was no way i mean and obviously you know uh, bama won a toss they went defense first but with Blankenship, uh, <laughs> mr golden boot <laughs> i think right drilling that 51 51 yard field goal with what papanastas had yep. done, but there was no way. Saban had to have zero confidence in trading yeah. field goals with Georgia. Like was, you know what I mean? There was no way because Blankenship looks like he he could be kicking sixty yard field goals in that freaking dome. <laughs> you know, yep. just like yeah, well, I'm gonna stroll out here with my sweet glasses. You know, yeah, what's well, up, y'all? You, you do realize Rex Grossman became the Alabama offensive coordinator in that overtime. Yeah, F it, I'm going deep. <laughs> Yeah. Um, it, and how fun, you know, I mean, oh my God, for, for the fans that were in that building to go from thinking Alabama to, to, from thinking Georgia had it, and then you have all that back and forth in the second half. And then it looks like Alabama's going to win the damn thing. And then he miss a field goal. Then they go to OT from gets sacked on third and six, takes a 16 yard sack. That's a, you know, they're like, wow. And then Blankenship comes in there, boots it in. And then Alabama gets the ball, and two is going backwards, trying to spin away from the defender. Gets just gets brought down. A monster sack, man. They 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 get them back to what the forty one. And you're like, well, yes. you know that dude's not kicking that field goal. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, my, my my mindset is, and as as probably most people was just like, of course, ecstatic, mm-hmm. and just thinking, all right. All we need to do, you just, you, we clearly just, you need to make everything kick, in front. Kick, yes, everything in front of you. Make him kick as long a field goal yeah. as possible. Right now, I mean, I don't, I don't know that they have faith in him making a, you know, thirty-yard field goal. But I mean, no. you, you put him a good, <laughs> no. good ways back from there. Um, you, you, you love your chances. Now, you know, he, he could, he could step up and then do it. But Maybe. that's just everything in front of you. And obviously, as we've discussed and everywhere is discussed, it's just you can't let it get behind you. And the safety is clearly one that, that screwed the pooch. And, I mean, all, all credit to Alabama and all credit to Tua. Dropped it in there on the dime. Um, love hearing him talk about the way he, he saw the play progress. And he, mm-hmm. he, he read it perfectly. And he did what he was supposed to do, get yep. get the ball, you know, just dropped it right in his breadbasket. Or, excuse me, spun it right in his breadbasket. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, just, just <laughs> yeah, got, got it done, but. Oh, that was such a dagger, and that was just oh. not what I, I mean. I, I mean, cojones uh, for the for the play call, but I mean, I, I just yeah. No, I mean, I was just looking forward to seeing. All right, just you know, keep keep him five five and ten yards. You know, keep him in front of you and and make him kick along. Wait a second, no. When <laughs> you saw that kind of space, uh, I think what was so one of the things that was so crazy about it. Here we're talking about the abruptness the NFL season ends, and it's like. This game, which had such a dramatic fourth <laughs> quarter, it's like all of a sudden you get to OT and there's the field goal, and then you're like, you know what I mean? I mean, it, there were so many dramatic swings, and this is why I think it, you can say maybe it wasn't a great game, but I, you can't say it didn't have an amazing finish. Oh, incredible! I finish. mean, it just just the last yeah. the last quarter in o, OT, I mean, just incredible, man, just absolutely incredible. But I, I liked, I was watching one of the replays, and it was, uh, you know, ESPN has, like, this mega cast. So they have the normal feed, then they have, like, the two Homer feeds. So they have, like, the Alabama feed, and they have, like, a Georgia feed. And so on, they were showing, like, all three at once. And this is for the last play. And so you've got Landon Collins, 
with whoever sideline reporter. So he's on the Alabama feed, and then you got Aaron Murray in the Georgia feed, right? And so they're they're setting up this play, and Aaron Murray looks pretty happy. Landon Collins is like kind of quiet when Tua gets sacked, and then you know the next play here, Tua drops back, and he's just throwing deep, and you know the. T- the total sudden shift in those two guys was great, <laughs> right? Because Aaron Murray's looking good, and then like his eyes get really big, and then he just his mouth kind of drops open <laughs> yeah. on that on that final throw uh, for the winning touchdown. And and I mean Aaron Murray ended up looking like somebody just punched him in the gut, dude. He just he kind of like lowers the mic, and then he just does the protect the Schwartz thing. Like I don't know what to say. I. He's just speechless. <laughs> and Landon Collins, of course, goes bananas. Uh, it was just, it, you know, and just the crowd goes absolutely ape. I mean, just ridiculous, man. Absolutely ridiculous. I, I like that. I can't remember. I, th- I want to say it was Reese Davis, but it was some, somebody was on the field uh, uh, well after the game just doing doing one of the just ESPN comedies. Yeah. Back and forth in an interview. And I uh, was talking about a few years back. He was talking to uh, Mariota at um, – at uh, I, I guess the Pro Bowl or something, and and um, you know was asking like who, so who's the next you know rising star to come out of you know Hawaii? And he said, oh hands down this guy Tua, mm-hmm. you know it's the high school guy that is just going to be absolutely filthy. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, what do you, man, what do you I, remember I, I when just... rated dual threat quarterback was that what it was? Was that? Do you remember when he like the number one rated dual threat quarterback? Very possible. Yeah, I thought I, um, I thought you mentioned I mean, that. I, but... It's 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 very very likely. I mean, yeah. I just I knew very little about him coming into this game. Um, I, I'm you know, <laughs> it's 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 one game. I mean, obviously he accomplished other things this, this year, but you know that this on this stage to do what he did, that's that's just takes a lot of cojones. Did, and did did you see the? I thought I don't. I thought I shared it with y'all, but did you see the one where it was like? Because uh, obviously you had uh, Mariota and. Uh, Tongo Viola, Tongo Viola, you know, they're two fantastic finishes in the playoffs. But if I remember correctly, they went to the same high school. But anywho, so you had like this meme where it was like, you know, repping Hawaii and this thing. So you got Mariota up top saying, oh, you know, let it come back versus the Chiefs NFL playoff win. And then, you know, at the bottom was uh, was was Tua. And it was, instead of hold my beer, it was like hold my pineapple. <laughs> <sighs> Yes. And I, I, I about died. I thought that was hilarious. I thought it was so funny. Did Mark? Did you know that Tua has some talent with the ukulele? Hmm. I did not. Did you know you're gonna get a uh, a concert from uh, Tua tonight? <laughs> I, I did not. And you know what sucks is I feel like I can't. I, if he ever decided to go into music, I'd have a hard time like fully supporting him or like you know going to his concert because if I wanted to bring up the people, I I wouldn't know how to say his last name. So I I, I don't know how I'd be like. Let's go see the ukulele guy. It's, <laughs> it's really it's really good. Well, the, the the good news, Mark, is is that I believe Train wants to have them as their opening act. So <laughs> that's perfect for you. <laughs> nice, nice, good pull, Shannon. Good pull, brother. That, that, that poor bastard. Um, <laughs> we 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 know how much uh, we know how much uh, Mark Mark does. We know how much Mark loves Train. 
There you go. If you're talking about, you're talking about come on, ride that train. It's a good song. <laughs> <laughs> enough of that. Enough of that. Enough of that. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry, Mark. I... <clears throat> Sorry, that was a good one. No. Um, <laughs> it's always there. Drop some Poopiter. I was going to say the other band. Drop some Poopiter, man. Drop... I, I appreciate What, that. Nickelback? No. Uh, <laughs> by the way, <laughs> speaking of randomness, by the way, uh, th- this one's dedicated to the Failhorn. Skip Bayless, can you get the hell out of here talking about, quote, I still don't believe Alabama belonged in these playoffs. Get out of my face with that ish, bro. Come on, man. But look, man, Alabama did a great job finishing second this year. We know Central Florida is a national <laughs> champion. They had him straight. Get it right, man. Oh, my God. UCF, dude. I actually had some people in my Facebook news feed. They must, have, they must be like friends from some random, probably mob boards or something, whatever I used to play back in the day. And, like, I actually had friends in my news feed that were at the UCF parade at Disneyland or Disney World or whatever it is. I laughed. I was like, that is fantastic. I can't believe they went to that. And they were geared up, dude. So, you know what? UCF, you get the Susan Boyle dedication of the night, man. (laughs) Makes sense. UCF, national champions, 2017. That's right. No matter... How you may feel about being left out of the college football playoffs. We know that that ass whooping you laid on Auburn in the Peach Bowl solidifies your claim to being national champions. Because Enjoy. Auburn both Georgia and Alabama. <laughs> That's right. That's right, man. Susan Boyle knows. Oh, my God. Although at, you know you've heard a lot of debate about the eighteen playoff, I still think sixteens would be sweet. Everybody for some, whatever reason, everybody goes from four to eight. I still think six. Nah, would, I, I think I could do six. Six, I think, would be great because you get your power five, and you, for lack of a better term, you have a wild card. And whether it's UCF or Boise State or Tulane, you can you can satisfy the power five. Um, and if you have a clear one two, you know, give them a bye, if you will, um, and you can even space some things out. If you need to between the maybe the first game and the, and the second round or whatever, uh, but stagger it, man. I think six 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 would be great. Eight, eight's probably a smidge overkill. I'm not saying UCF deserved to be in the top four, but it it's tough with an undefeated team to not have a crack at it. Yeah. It's tough, but you know, Clemson, you know, Clemson was your defending champs. Uh, Alabama ends up winning the damn thing. They clearly deserve to be in there. Uh, Ohio State, you had that ugly loss. That's on y'all, man. That's on you. Uh, Thirty but, points, man. On but the six. Road. Six, I could, six, I think I can live with. Eight, eight's a little bit tough. Um, it'll probably that's probably what's going to happen. Let's be honest; it's probably going to turn into eight. But UCF will be there. UCF, enjoy, enjoy your championship gear. <laughs> They're like the Beyonce of college football teams, right? Put a ring on it. Yeah, there you go. Anyway, sorry that that's a bad pull, man. That's a bad pull. It's a bad pull. <laughs> but uh, clearly, with uh, with with Georgia's, I don't know if collapse is really the right term. Um, I don't know that that's fair to them. I think it's really more of a situation where Alabama just really ramped up uh, and took that game from them. Um, but uh, clearly, with Atlanta's collapse in the Super Bowl, Mark obviously referenced that. And yeah, we when the Patriots got the ball in OT, you were like, "Done, y'all, done, son." <laughs> Um, but it, you know everybody was just piling on 
And I just laughed, and it was like, there was one tweet that said, if you're a Georgia Bulldogs and Falcons fan, how do you ever watch another football game? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, just it's just uh, this this might be my favorite though uh georgia football teams are a lot like atlanta freeways they catch fire one minute and collapse the next <laughs> oh man <laughs> and i thought that was, i thought that was that was one of my favorites man i thought that was absolutely absolutely fantastic absolutely fantastic yeah and i mean how fascinating side note how fascinating is it that from was like, yeah, I'm going to go to Alabama. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm going to Georgia. You know what I mean? How fascinating is it that that played out? I mean, what's the likelihood that that happens? One guy's going to go to a school that ends up going somewhere different, and they play in a champion. You know what I mean? What's the likelihood of that? Um, I mean, that's just – that's nuts. That's yeah. nuts. Um, but, yeah, Tua, man, that, that guy is, is just fantastic. So I guess, you know, realistically, let, let's start wrapping up this thing so we can get on some other stuff. Nick Chubb, uh, by the way, Chubb, who's been at feels like he's been at Georgia for a decade. Uh, Chubb and Michelle, incidentally, have the most combined rushing yards for a, a running back duo in FBS history. Michelle rushed for ninety eight. Chubb added twenty five in the championship game, so they finished at least at this point with uh, as a duo eight thousand four hundred and seven yards. Wow, almost enough to get the job done. And we'll go. Through <laughs> I know it's such a shame for them. Uh, by the way, I love the articles in the quarterbacks in the pregame, and they were like, who has more upside, Hurts or Fromm? And it's like, neither, y'all. <laughs> it's to a, it's to a tongue of viola, suckers. And I, I couldn't help but laugh, but just laugh at that. Alabama, by the way, uh, third straight 13-win season, the second longest streak in major college football history. And again, I mean, some of these, some of these things are just kind of ridiculous. Uh, Saban in the postgame presser really stressed resiliency, uh, and, and that was clearly a huge deal in this game. Uh, to be down, uh, to knuckle up, to make that switch, um, and, and, and to do that. I mean, uh, resilience is a good term for it. I don't know, man. Uh, it's just kind of fun. And a little bit, uh, one of the things that's kind of neat in its own way, uh, and Saban's a hard ass. We all know that, man. Uh, but I did like a little bit of his personality coming out in the postgame presser. And every once in a while, he teases you with, with something that's kind of interesting. And you know, Belichick does the same thing. Sometimes he gives you a big bunch of nothing. And then every once in a while, he gives you a slice that's actually kind of neat. And I liked this in the postgame. Uh, we're on field, by the way. You just said, is that asking questions? Oh, is that a good game or what? I'm asking the questions. Is that a good game or what? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. And then uh, somewhere, and I don't know if I can find it, but uh, he said it was like the happiest he's ever been. And the guy's like, ever? And he's like, ever. <laughs> and, uh, forever, I'm, ever? Forever, forever, ever. ever. And uh, one of the things that was funny about it is, uh, oh, oh, here it is. I did find it. You tied Bear Bryant for most in the poll era. Take a second and hear that. What does that mean to you? You know, right now, I'm just happy for all these folks here. I'm happy for all these folks. I'm happy for our players. I don't care anything about that, to be honest with you. This was a great win for our players, and I've never been happier in my life. Never. Never. <laughs> never. What I thought never. Was, what I thought, never. What I thought was great is on like uh, Sports Radio, they were like, how's your wife feel about that, Nick? What about your kids? <laughs> and people are poking fun at it, but... I mean, in the moment, what do you expect that guy to say? You know what I mean? That That's just... Uh, what an incredible... 
incredible deal. Incredible deal, man. So that that's you know fantastic. Again, ultimately, Saban made the gutsy call. Ultimately, correct call to go with Tua. Uh, saved the game clearly. Saved the season and delivered the championship. You know, six six <laughs> six championships for Saban. He's now tied with Bear Bryant uh, in the pole era, which goes back to 1936. You know, their fifth title in the last nine seasons, and obviously at this point, Saban's 12 and 0 versus former assistants. At some point, is he going to run out of assistance for other schools to take? <laughs> You'd have to think, right? Fun factoid. Georgia, uh, having lost this game, how about this, McGuffin? The higher-ranked team is now 0-4 in college football playoff championship games. <laughs> like, right? Like, how crazy insane. is that? How crazy is that? I, you know, if, you, if you'd thrown that out at me, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have guessed that. I wouldn't have either. Wouldn't have guessed that, man. Wouldn't have guessed that at all. A couple of rando headlines, just uh, for good measure. <laughs> we had, uh, obviously, down in Alabama, man, they had fun with the headline. Usually this is more of a New York thing, isn't it? You know, New York tabloid headlines. Uh, but I like this one. Two a day. Not bad. Never too a late. It's okay. Tide Turner. That's a good one. Just too a much. Yeah, dogs come up short. Yeah, I didn't say they were all good. Yeah, can't win them all, man. Can't win them all. Hurts so good. Hurts so good. Everybody hurts, man. Everybody hurts. That's all right. But let me see if I can find it. I do have, because you know, given our last, uh, look. Uh, Tungo Vailoa. Tungo Vailoa. We're we're all going to know it. Given the last week where we had our epic Titanic rant, (laughs) you know I was going to dig this up for you, buddy. I was wondering if you were going to have this. These guys need to do a better job of balancing the audio out, though. They do. <laughs> I can't see Aaron Murray crying in this one. <laughs> well, that, that was him drowning, not on the... Uh, <laughs> drowning in the tears. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty funny. But of course they had that. I don't know if that's going to become the... like. I feel like that was a thing a couple years ago and it kind of disappeared... And now, like, the Titanic, my heart, like, that's totally making this really strong comeback all it of a is. sudden. And it, well, I guess, I don't know, sometimes that's how it is with, like, these memes and these, like, random things. They kind of fade away and then they come back and fade away and come back. I will say, Mark, I know you're not especially keen on crying, Jordan, at this point, but I absolutely, without a doubt, loved, 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 loved <laughs> the Georgia dog, the bulldog with the crying Jordan eyes. I about died when I saw that. <laughs> I had to retweet it. I thought it was one of the most hilarious crying Jordans I have ever seen <laughs> in my life because it, it it was fitting. It was well done. And whoever did, I don't know if they prepped that in advance. I don't know if it was an old crying Jordan that was just reborn. I couldn't tell you, but I absolutely loved that one. Loved that one. It was fantastic. <laughs> did you guys see the dude? The Georgia that was an all-timer, Justin. I think that was an all-timer. You called it a walk-off, Mark. And I, I think if they never did another one again, that that's a walk-off. That would be ever. it. Mark says that yeah. would be good. No more, yeah. <laughs> no more crying Jordans. Let it go. Oh, <laughs> that was accidental, by the way. That was accidental. Well, 
That's how people have baby number three. I'm just kidding. <laughs> There's something you want to tell us? No. <laughs> no I mean, deal. Look, bro, it is Sarah's birthday. Look. And we know you're going to have to get her a nice gift. Exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> Happy birthday, Smo. That's why we're recording on a Tuesday night. That's right. Unfortunately, that's the edited version. You know what? <laughs> Raw dog, baby. Yeah. It's funny you're talking about the the future bullets and all that being like sexual names. You could just break out the bullet. Look, we have the magic bullet and, and uh Sarah broke the blade in that thing uh, trying to make a smoothie, so I bought her a neutral bullet. And uh, you know, yeah, like they for real sound like some like wonky sex toys, right? Got my got my magic bullet and my neutral bullet, yo. Yeah. <laughs> That's more like a dick in her box, man. <laughs> Not just a dick in a box. I can't do it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Do it live. I'll write it and do it live. Fucking thing sucks. That's what we needed. Uh, Bill, Bill O'Reilly, my heart will go on. And that is it for us today. And we will leave you with a... I can't do it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. Fucking thing sucks. <laughs> That's tomorrow, and that is it for us today. I'm Bill O'Reilly. Thanks again for watching. We'll leave you with Sting and a cut off his new album. Take it away. Hell yeah. <laughs> you definitely just went that. Hell yeah, that's right. Hell, dude, that was phenomenal. That was a lot. That was a lot of videos to click in, like, randomly on the fly, dude. <laughs> That's good right. Huh? Bravo. That that was a really good one. Yeah, that was fun. Well, hopefully that is what she said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Woo! Anyway, all right. Hey, man. For all right. this greatness, it's going to be tough to play a second.
Oh my god. I'm surprised nobody dropped the break free comment on uh that last Alabama play. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Just saying. And my heart will go on, man, so <laughs> Oh my god. You know what else will go Kevin Hart movies. Kevin Hart will go on, right? He deserves <laughs> he de- he deserves a Titanic treatment. Actually I kinda like him. Particularly when he's with the rock. But I think that's because I like the rock. Yeah. They do have good com- uh, comedic they timing. They do. <laughs> Kevin Hart will go on. That's right. Okay, that's compl- that's so stupid. That doesn't even make any damn sense. <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, <laughs> we need to deal with the NFL. We need to at least make some calls and some picks. But guys, I've enjoyed our beverages and my beer, and I feel like I need a bathroom break. <laughs> Same here. How's everybody doing? We're we're pretty good on time. It's one o'clock. We're pretty good. Four more segment and we're good. Yeah, well, yeah, we're we're not doing two more segments, bro. <laughs> this isn't the old school days no, of the sports. No, we're not bro. staying oh, up. Till, is... No, we're not staying up till five o'clock not, in the morning. I got not lining them up. <laughs> you know, well, hmm. unfortunately, you have to go back to work tomorrow. I do. I'll be After. up at six. I don't care. I, I just need four hours. I'm fine. There you go. That's, that's what that's you it. said. I guess I don't know. That's a lot of birthday. Mm -hmm. I might need some gin and juice to get the night started if that's the case. Damn, yo. Oh, Shannon. You know how this goes, brother. Yeah, buddy. Click, click, pull. Hell yeah. You know what's more appropriate, though? Happy birthday, Shmoria. You know I love you. Absolutely. There you go. Does this mean I have full permission to rock the Philip Rivers rage face? (laughs) (laughs) As long as you rock the face and not try to catch up with him on the kid's front, you're good. Nah, man. Nah, man. Nah. Look, like Hollow Note says, man, can't go for that. Two and through, brother. <laughs> Two and through, man. No. <laughs> I love him. No. I hear you. I hear you. And, I, and, and really, I have, we have two and a half because of Whitfield. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> wow. There you go. Oh, Failhorn, maybe you'll show back up one day. Kind of like the Packers' defense. You might show up again. We'll see. <laughs> well, considering their new defensive coordinator a failed Cleveland Browns head coach. Um... Dude, I mean, B- Bill Belichick and Nick Saban were failed Cleveland Brown head coaches. That's not That's not everything. Isn't it cra- well, they're, they're the exceptions. They're not yeah, the rules. They really are the exceptions. Yeah, probably. You're probably right. Yeah, yeah. All right, fair point. Anyway, we'll, <laughs> let's wrap up the cha- the college championship game one more time with this bit of gloriousness. Think about, oh, I try to make up for it. 
I can't believe this has gotten this much run on the brew the past couple of weeks. <laughs> if you had told me a few weeks ago that we were going to totally be cranking out a whole bunch of Celine Dion, I'd be like, whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, just Dude, I you- can't believe Cher's still on this thing. No, Turn Back Time is so good, though. I know. That it so, it, really is so fantastic. I'm not, I'm not going to hate on Cher, man. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. You, you know what, though? What? You know what would have been great back in the day of the sports brew? What? For the My Heart Will Go On? The Flacco Rainbow. Oh, yeah. That would have been phenomenal. You know what else is great for Joe Flacco? The rest of his career. For me to poop on. <laughs> <laughs> also... Also great for uh, old, old Joe Flacco. All right, well, I'll tell you what. Uh, uh, let's take a break just so we can get a bathroom break, and then uh, we totally can have like whatever wrap-up stuff. We do some some picks and some NFL stuff. Uh, Mark, if you have to ripcord out, that's cool. Uh, we can do uh, like pick them and some numbers and some lines early, depending on, on what your timeline is. And then we'll just kind of run through that, and then we'll get get the hell out. But uh, look, with the sports, you can find us on uh, iTunes. Obviously, our main, main feed on Podbean, uh, livesportscaster.com. Stitcher Radio, the Google Play Store. Keywords are sports and brew. And Lord knows, depending on how I tag this podcast, you might just be able to find us by putting a dick in a box. It's my dick in a box. You, 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 you never know. It's a distinct possibility. You know, keywords are kind of fun. <laughs> you never know. But anyway, We'll take a break. We'll be right back in uh, just a moment. Actually, I need to. I need to make a new beverage. I drank this whole thing. My gosh! <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. Yes, sir. I had to stretch our legs for a couple of minutes, and I, man, I tell you what, that bathroom break was muy necesito, brothers. Mm-hmm. Woo, chumbawamba, man, that was accurate. <laughs> I'm not- <laughs> I melted whatever leftover snow there was in the driveway, right? (laughs) I'm just saying. Just saying. Also, Shannon, Shannon, Shannon. You might appreciate this. Okay. Look, I got a three three and a half year old and a one and a half year old, right? So, you know, Chloe isn't potty trained yet, but she's interested. Logan's like really good. It's really good. Except tonight he didn't want to go potty. Right. So I was like, Logan, you know, let's have a race. Let's see who can pee the fastest. And so then then he bit, man. He was ready, right? So we go, you know, go to the downstairs bathroom and you know, he's gonna pee and I'm gonna pee. And Chloe's fascinated by this whole debacle, this whole thing with peeing. Um but you know, it, it it's tough because she's here. She's looking at me and Logan, and of course, she doesn't have the same equipment. But she 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 she, she thinks she thinks that she should stand to pee. So now, when she is trying to model going potty, she walks up to the toilet and like lifts up her shirt and wants to wants to try to pee standing up. It's really funny. It's super cute. It's really funny, right? So anyway, we go to race to pee, and and, and Logan just you know. He starts crushing it out. I'm like, yeah, buddy, get all the pee out. And then I, you know, I start peeing too. And uh, Chloe, bless her heart, man. This is just when you're a parent with little kids and you're trying to deal with potty training, you do weird crap, dude. Shannon, I'm sure you know. So Chloe, in her 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 exuberance over the fact we're peeing in the toilet, you know, we talked about the golden boot earlier. Well, she had the golden mitt. 
<laughs> she totally like reached out to the streams. It was like, no, don't no! cross the streams. <laughs> no! No! no, this is a this is a hands free P zone. <laughs> don't do it. She did it. So, needless to say, little, uh, uh, bath time. <laughs> little bit, little bit of hand washing going on at minimum. Oh my Don't gosh. don't cross the streams. What are you gonna oh do, man? I don't know if I should be. I don't know if I should be worried. Like this is a a, a kink or a fetish, like later on in life or what. But anyway, on that note, first, <laughs> no golden showers. Just say no. Just just say it, man. Uh, anywho, all right, so. Got off to a really bad. <laughs> hey, you know. what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, dude, I'm telling you, Randy, it's just stuff that happens with kids, man. They they do. They, I mean, what are you gonna do? Nothing you can do but sit back and laugh. Yeah, you know, you, you have to. Yeah, you, you have to laugh yeah. at these things. So. <laughs> oh again, we, we laugh at Whitfield constantly. I mean, <laughs> you know. What? <laughs> We're used to it. If Whitfield's going to start grabbing <laughs> the the streams, we're all in trouble. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I don't even want to think about it. Ugh. No. Can't hashtag, do it. hashtag just say no. Just, just say no. <laughs> By the way, on a quick side note, I kind of know, I listened, re-listened to last week's podcast. We didn't really have any Arnold or Sam. Oh, that's a shame. That's all right. Yeah, well, speaking of that, forget the reach around. How about the uh, stream around? Yeah, Todd. Got a <laughs> new challenge for you, brother. <laughs> when, we, when we say stream the latest episode of the Sports Brew, you didn't know we meant that, did you? <laughs> anyway, anyway. All right, hey, man. Yeah. Uh, look. Hey, real quick note yeah. before we head into Mark's picks. Uh, <laughs> you know, we're all animal lovers here, and Todd said his dog's not doing well. So, dude, I hope your hope Kona comes through, man. I hope she definitely gets better. That's a good dog. Yeah, yeah. So, May- hope, majorly root for that, absolutely. Hope she's feeling better. Good bro. vibes, man. We'll send some good vibes to Kona's way, brother. Most yeah. definitely. Good vibes. All right, so uh, we do have obviously a lot of wild card stuff to get to, but just for Mark's sake, we'll do a little betting fun out of the gate. Uh, looking forward to the divisional uh, round, and uh, one thing that I, I do I do find particularly fascinating is the fact that uh, the Falcons are actually favored uh, over the Eagles, which is pretty wild. They're the first; the Eagles are the first number one seed to be underdogs to a sixth seed. Uh, obviously, that's Taken taken into consideration, uh, Napoleon Fulhamite instead of Carson Wentz. We know that that's really <laughs> we know that that's really the deal with that, uh, particularly with how the Eagles kind of ended the season. And you know we can talk about what the Eagles have been and what they did for the bulk of the season, their defense, their special teams, their run game, etc. But uh, they're not the same team without Wentz. I mean, we all know it. So it's it's really a matter of you know what foals do we get. How does he show up? How does he look? And then the other thing with that is that the Falcons, uh, they're really at the back end of the season and certainly, you know, in the wild card round, I mean, they've ran, their defense has really ramped up. So you have to give, you have to recognize that. 
And for all the grief we've given Matt Ryan in the playoffs and Matty Ice, people joke around about that. Uh, he's he actually has a pretty ridiculously good uh, passer rating in the playoffs. But Atlanta showed it pretty strong in the wild card. Uh, it you know, and I'm not surprised at this point, given what Philly is, that they're favored. But it, it still seems weird. It still yeah, seems yeah. weird. So uh, that I found interesting, but uh, we have some nice games up, you know, uh, certainly on tap. Uh, you get the rematch of the Jaguars and the Steelers. <laughs> that could be fascinating. We'll kind of see. Uh, Patriots, Titans, uh, you know, good job, Titans beating the Chiefs, but uh, that that's a big ass rolling up to New England, man. And then obviously Vikings, Saints is going to be a big one. Uh, that's probably the one I'm looking forward to the most, but we'll kind of see. So... Looking at the divisional mark, any particular betting angles or stories that kind of catch your eyes, and then I guess uh, you know uh, you want to roll with your picks or your bets, or you know how do you yeah, I got, how do you want to no, approach it? Well, I, I, I've got a ripcord out shortly, so I, th- I think I was just going to run through the games and give my picks and uh, let y'all uh, okay handle, handle it from there. Yeah, um, yeah. In terms of things that I, I early, I mean, I'll look at things a lot more as they get closer to the weekend, and and certainly the. Um, Spreads will likely change by by that time, but or could change a little bit. But anyway, uh, right now I'd say the thing that looks most appealing to me, and uh, it's one of some people I'm sure are probably looking at as trap, but uh, Falcons minus three against the Eagles. I just know that none of us none of us think the Foles Foles led Eagles should be trusted. It's just really hard to, um, and you know, not 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 pretending that the Falcons are you know without flaws. But you know, coming off of you know a, a very well played you know, victory last week, you know the Rams, yeah, they, they they made plenty of mistakes, but the Falcons still Falcons played damn good too. I would say and absolutely yeah. did what they're supposed to do. Yeah, they got a very potent offense, a capable enough defense to you know handle. Um, you know, as long as the offense is putting up points um, and put a ton of pressure on Goff for sure, didn't didn't let him be comfortable. You know, Gurley got a, got a few big runs off as he was going to, but for the most part, kept him bottled up. Yep. I mean, I, I think the Falcons, you know, felt good about how they played on, on all facets of the game. So, uh, going on the road now, uh, but well, obviously they're on the road against the Rams. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just, to me, that looks pretty damn appealing. I, I have very little faith in the Eagles at offense. So, uh, Falcons minus three is definitely my pick, and then probably what I would – most recommend as a bet. I think the other one that I would recommend is I think uh, Saints Vikings under forty five and a half. You know, I know the Saints are, are you know a high scoring team uh, for sure, but I think going into Minnesota against that Minnesota defense, obviously, is going to be a lot different from what they were you know cooking with last week against the Panthers. Uh, not necessarily saying I think it soars under. I mean, it's you know, one of those things, kind of like uh, you know, you just you. You can't fully stop the Saints, but you know contain them. Yeah, I don't think the Vikings can contain them. Um, I probably feel the same about Jaguars and Steelers, which you know is a lower number, but over under forty one. I think uh, that one should stay under two, but that's a little too low for me. Um, so I think I'd stay away from that one. So, um, so yeah, Viking Viking Saints under forty five and a half, and Falcons minus three, or what I guess I'd call my best bets uh, for right now. Uh, but in terms of my, my picks, yeah. uh, I will say, stick with it again, Falcons, uh, probably second most confidence, um, pick, 
Uh, well, uh, third most confident, I guess. Uh, looks pretty good for the favorites uh, to me this weekend. Uh, but Falcon Falcons are road favorites, which, which obviously is a little, a little rare when you get to the uh, divisional rounds. Um, but uh, Falcons, Patriots over the Titans. It's a 14-point spread. Uh, I, I wouldn't touch that bet. Uh, uh, Patriots should roll, though. Um, Steelers are seven and a half point favorites against the Jaguars. That's gonna be an interesting one. Um, but you know, again, you seeing how bad that Jaguars offense is. Who is I that? Don't see how they can come into Pittsburgh and win that game. So that was ugly. That was hideous. Um, you know, I had forgotten they got two pick sixes off of uh, Big Ben in, in that uh, game earlier this year. I totally forgotten that. <laughs> They had two. Oh, yeah. They had two pick sixes in four Roethlisberger pass attempts. I mean, I mean my God, and five <laughs> picks overall in that game, which is absolutely bananas, bananas. But it, it, yeah, I mean, come on, man. Yeah. Hot tip: He ain't throwing fifty-five times this game. <laughs> no. Well, I I don't know that AB is a hundred percent. You know. Uh, Chad Johnson AB videos, you know, posted on Instagram or whatever social media site aside, uh, you know, that, that injury, does anybody think he's a hundred percent? I mean, I don't, it's hard, hard to think that, you know, Um, I mean, 80 or 90%, I don't know what he is percentage wise, but I mean, AB is obviously, he'll give it a go. uh, He'll give it a go. But you'd almost think that at some level he has to be a little bit of a decoy. Um, but I mean, if he's really ready to play and roll, man, I mean, it's, that's a huge feather in their cap, but I don't know. I don't know. That's a tough one. I mean, at the end of the day though, I mean, you're taking the Steelers. Yeah. Take, taking the Steelers. I, I'm, I'm hoping for an entertaining game. Um, uh, but the, you know, it's just, I think while the Jaguars were able to get away with, you know, not being able to do much of anything, I mean, then basically you'd say they had one really good drive of that game and that was pretty much it. That was pretty um, much it. The defense obviously got it done. That's just not going to get it done against the Steelers. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying that I think the Steelers are going to put up 35 against them. That's, that's, that's extremely unlikely. It's, it's a very nasty defense. It's a fun defense to watch for the Jaguars, but they're 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 not the Bills. Uh, I think they get to twenty, and you know, can the Jaguars get to twenty? Uh, I don't know. Doubtful. Uh, it'd be tough. Thirteen, maybe um, sixteen, maybe. Yeah. And, 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 unless they get some like scooping scores or pick De- sixes, defensive, exactly, yeah, or special teams, or, yeah, something, exactly, something. It's just um, which, it's hard to trust awesome. that. So I'm I'm again yeah, I'm hoping for a good game, but you know, yeah, my wife, wife and her entire family. Are all very much uh, Pennsylvania rooted, so I, 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 by association, have to be you know a pretty big Steelers backer at this point. So don't want it to be too close. Um, <laughs> um, and then finally, Viking Saints. I mean that that's I would think uh, for for neutral fans, fans that don't really have a dog in the fight uh, yeah. the rest of the playoffs. You know, just looking at quality matchups, <laughs> that seems like it would be the most appealing matchup. Right. The weekends, um, you know, some people may be Falcons, Eagles, but uh, that's definitely the most a- appealing to me. Again, one where I don't really know what I see as a storyline. I, I could see it going many different ways. I don't know, you know, what exactly to expect. Um, I, I'd say largely it comes down to, you know, road Saints and, you know, Keen- Keenum keeping his mojo going. So uh, Vikings are four-point favorites. 
I think for me, it's one of those I would probably keep my hands off uh, bending that line. Uh, again, I stand by thinking that that under is good. I, I see it not not being a you know thirteen to ten game, but I, I'd see it staying you know mid mid to upper thirties. Uh, but I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna rock with the Vikings. I, I want to see the Vikings put, take it down. So I, if I had to pick it, I'd pick the Vikings spread. Um, but more so, I just I'm gonna pick them to win. Yeah, no, I got you. So that's 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 all favorites again. Falcons, Patriots, uh, Steelers, and Vikings are all favorites. Uh, unlikely <laughs> that it lands that way, but obviously uh, we all saw Saturday coming this past weekend, right? Oh yeah, of yeah. course. I mean, um, <laughs> so for. But, uh, I'll, I was gonna say for fun, I uh, you know, because I totally whiffed on because I took the Chiefs and uh, I, to- I totally whiffed on both Saturday games, man. <laughs> I totally whiffed on both of them. Oh, and I took the Rams. I took the Chiefs. I took the Rams. Took it in the chin on both of those. And so for fun, I went. I was like, well, screw it. I've already lost like two of the games, so I went ahead and changed to the Bills just for giggles. <laughs> so I only got one game out of pick them. Not not a very good weekend for me. <laughs> but. Um. I will say real quickly. I just did, I'll I'll uh, record out after this. But um, mm-hmm. you're asking for any any uh, bad bad uh, beats for this weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I had a very successful, successful weekend overall. But I, yeah. I, I took it on the chin, and as a lot of people did, on uh, you know Chiefs. I mean, Chief, Chiefs were were nine nine point favorites, and uh, I felt I felt great about that. As I think I, I definitely said on the podcast, I uh, saw. I think we all do. Yeah, I, I saw basically no 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 way that you know this, this I, you know, it's Marriott on my fantasy team. I felt like I've seen him falter a lot down the stretch on the road. Uh, again, this Chiefs team who you know they faltered midseason, but they had started pulling it together. I was like Chief, Chiefs roll. So I, I'm out and about finished up some errands uh, and didn't get home until uh, the end of the first half. But I've been tracking it, so I was as any other. Both Chiefs fan just wanting to win, and us degenerates with you know, money on the Chiefs, like hell yeah, not not, not again, no full other have to go. But I mean, come on, keep playing somewhat similar football in the second half, and we get it done. <laughs> now I didn't realize until you know right at the end of halftime as I'm watching the highlights and stuff about Kelsey getting knocked out. Y'all yeah. certainly talk about that, and uh, just for me, not not watching the first half and tracking it, but uh, watching the second half. I mean, you know, tail of two halves. Obviously, by yeah. what happened, but 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 also just you know, and that's you know Smith and the offense um, was just couldn't do anything. It was it was just abysmal? It was embarrassing. Um, but uh, uh, that one that that one stung for for myself and for uh, for for obviously Chiefs fans. I felt terrible for, but uh, but more so for us degenerates. I mean, come on. So uh, there's that, and and then I would just say the other one, maybe not a horrendous one. I've seen plenty worse, but uh, talked about it during the during the college game. Um, the over under on that college game started at 45, went up to 46. Uh, I would say most people probably felt pretty good about the the um, the under happening for most of the game, right? And then just sneaking into overtime with that, you know, embarrassing. I mean, I'm sure underbackers are like, all right, let's go, you know, Papa Doofus, you know, nail this, nail this field goal and walk out of here with the win that we deserve. And I mean, it's nowhere close and overtime's happening. That's just, that's basically dagger. Now there could have been a field goal only overtime and, you know, the over wouldn't have hit, but that's obviously pretty unlikely. And that sure as hell didn't happen. So, uh, underbackers are probably pretty pretty pissed off about that. Of course, that. they're uh, pissed. Yeah, <laughs> of course. And um, 
But uh, I, I'm, this one's for you, Mark, because I'm sure you're you're aware of. Uh, usually, pretty good on staying topical on a couple of things. So uh, I have this joke set just for you. <laughs> Since we were talking about the Chiefs and the Titans, you know, the Chiefs have lost six straight home playoff games. By the way, it's the longest home losing streak in NFL history. All right, that's such a big monkey on their back. That I think H and M might make a sweatshirt out of it. Oh, oh no! <laughs> no! <laughs> oh no! That's too, too soon. Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> I told you. I told you I had a joke for you. Isn't that terrible? That's really bad. That's really bad. <laughs> By H and M. Uh, that, let me let me clarify that H and M. That was really bad. It is, but apparently the kid's going to get a million dollar modeling contract from Diddy, so he's going to come out of this okay. okay. He'll he'll be um, okay. He'll be okay. But, but all right. Anyway, off topic. Did uh, <laughs> I? I was dying uh, when I wrote that one out. I was like, oh, I got to break that one out, man. Uh, anyway, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. It's all good, bro. It's all good. All right, so uh, I know you're going to ripcord out, but uh, any other final thoughts, whether it's the CFP or whether it's uh, a wildcard weekend or divisional round? Um, No, nah, I'll, I'll let you all get to the rest of it. Um, hell of a college game. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'll agree with what you said. that It's hard to call it a great game, uh, but it was, it was a compelling game still, even if it wasn't yeah. you know, perfect or fluid through the first, first part of it. So it wasn't just a great finish. But yes, there there was uh, some sloppiness, a weird first half. So hard to call it a great game, but unbelievable finish. So much respect for Tua. Uh, obviously, not the result I wanted, but yeah, you know, for a guy to come in like that and and pull off what he did, uh, I, you know, I was pretty bitter for the first while after it. But I, I, once once I was able to take take off my my my. Um, my rose colored glasses and, and and look at it realistically i i gotta give him credit were they rose uh, and, and, bowl colored glasses uh, maybe um <laughs> but uh but yeah so I, I hope everybody enjoyed that especially you know i got to tune in for the, at least the finish yeah and um yeah this weekend's uh should be some more good football uh you know it seems like on paper you know at least one game each day you know i i don't i don't expect the falcons to annihilate the eagles i mean they they they, they have other talent besides Foles. they just got to utilize it right and then that that saints fighting game should be fantastic so hopefully we got some more great football in, in store and right. uh, i'm sure we'll be uh, talking about it next week okay on your exit i got two things for you all right two things one is a question so, other than Marcus Mariota, your fantasy quarterback, do you know the only other time a quarterback caught his own pass for a touchdown? That would be Brad Johnson. Mm-hmm. Very good. Vikings no, quarterback I, Brad Johnson back in 97 versus the Panthers. I, 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 love, I love that uh, yes, when, they were, when they, were, uh, they were talking about that uh, on the air because apparently uh, when uh, the commentators, understandably so, I would have said the same thing. We're like, I don't I doubt this. This, I doubt this has ever happened before. That Johnson you know, tweeted the video of it to Gruden. Oh, that's fantastic! Which is, which is pretty amazing. I didn't know he tweeted. That's great. That's yeah. great. Like, uh, no, it has, it has, it has at least one other time, and I can prove it. You know, what, what's funny is uh, my, uh, Jesse, my friend Jesse, who's down at Rice. Uh, he went to Florida State briefly way back when, and he actually got to play pickup basketball with Brad Johnson. Talk about like rando. 
Super rando. Uh, super. It, yeah, super rando. Uh, other thing, this one's for you and sort of sort of for Lindy. Um, is it just me, or was like Darrell Revis, his effort in that Chiefs game, was he like a Patriots mole in that game? Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, what the hell, Darrell Revis? What was that crap, man? Totally thought about that when Mariota <laughs> caught the pass because it was Revis that tipped it. I'm like... Wait a second. <laughs> Hold on a minute. I mean, I don't know. Did Rebus tip that to Mariota? Just the tip. Just the tip. Well, it, it that was fluke. But then, like, his efforts in pursuing people and tackling people, it's just, I was looking at this guy like, really, bro? <laughs> You're supposed to be, like, all-time Hall of Fame kind of guy. And it just looked like he coasted. It was yeah, just it was it, it seemed, it weird. It seemed like it at times. It was, it was definitely weird. He, he was, it seemed like it. So It was just weird. So, I don't know. <laughs> He went Danny Glover. He's too old for this. <laughs> Business decision, baby. Business decision. All right, Mark. All right, Mark, dude. Go get some rest. We'll catch you a little bit later. Uh, it's good to catch up as always. Thanks for sharing the story about your Mets hat with your rando ball. I like how you move the ball around during the podcast. Thank you. I, I, I'm not sure what, what part of the rally cap you were trying to get going with the uh, with, with us. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, maybe, yeah, maybe but, I'll, I'll start. I'll start using it to like signal, like, all right, it's time to. You know, we got five minutes. Well, yeah, we, to the next, next topic. I'll, I'll we, be like the like the show producer. That's right. That'd be pretty <laughs> funny. I do need a timer somewhere because Lord knows sometimes we get off topic and I'm just like, what happened? I don't sometimes? know. Sometimes. Yeah. Like hey. Tonight. Hey. Hey. <laughs> hey. What are you saying, man? What are you saying? Oh. By the way, Cole Beasley dropping a rap signal. Uh, rap signal. Rap single. <laughs> I like rap signal better though. Uh, Alex Trebek would have uh, penalized you there. Uh, yeah, I would have lost that question. Uh, <laughs> Gangsters Paradise. Gangsters Paradise lost. Well, you know, Cole Beasley is going to be sponsored by Glory Hole Productions. <laughs> Glory Hole Productions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic! I want me some glory. Get off my lawn! That's right. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> as long as as long, as long as that's not Sarah's message to me tomorrow night, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it's your birthday. <laughs> it's your birthday, babe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. oh no, not a good, not a good idea. No. There you go. All right, Mark. Uh, you go get some rest, man. We'll catch you on the flip side. All right, brother. See you, Mark. Just... Good night, bro. <laughs> good night, folks. Good night, Mark. <coughs> Holy moly, buddy. There's some randomness for you. My God, you know sometimes our stupid our segues of stupidity are really the uh, the creme de la creme of the podcast. You know what I mean? They are. Yeah, they, they, well, it, but in the crap de la crap. Yeah, well, yes. Soiler <laughs> alert! Soiler alert! <laughs> um, but uh, real quick, uh, we'll we'll get to wild card stuff, and uh, I just figured we got a good you know twenty ish minutes or so before we hit two o'clock. So, uh, Shannon, just out of curiosity, any kind of wrap up walk off thoughts with the CFP? Uh, say about Alabama, Georgia, anything, or, or are we just all NFL at this point? It's Nick Saban is just amazing how he just 
continually gets just great players and gets them to play in his system and just it just always seems like they are just so much more physical than anyone else when they play like it, it just like they just hit harder they play harder it's very rare when you find a team that matches their physicality, and that's it's. God, who was that dude that the Colts drafted that you were all excited about? The running back, uh, Trent Richardson. Yeah, I mean Saban had that dude hitting the hole hard. You know what I'm saying? That guy. Yeah. yeah. There's another running back I'm pretty excited about that the Colts might get this year. Who's that? Saquon Barkley, man. Well, we'll see. We'll see how the draft breaks, man. We'll see how it goes. It's, it's tough because we need linemen, but that kid, that that kid can ball. Yeah. Anyway, let's get back to this past. All weekend. right. All right. Fair enough. Fair it's enough. Fair enough. NFL. Yeah, it's all good, man. It's all good. So, <laughs> by the way, I was super happy with that H and M joke. I mean, it's a terrible joke, but I was super happy with that one. I had to share that with Mark. <laughs> I had I had to share that with Mark. <laughs> All right, so I can't believe uh, they would do that. Like, come on. Well, man. And my understanding is that was the H and M in Europe. Uh, anyway, so look, let, let, let's run through real quick some of the wild card stuff. Obviously, we talked about Titans and Chiefs. Um, you know, a, a pretty wild game in the sense that uh, the Chiefs had that strong of a start. Uh, again, Alex Smith eight of eleven, a buck fifty four in the first quarter. You know, the Chiefs were up fourteen to three, and you know, it just was one of the defining moments of this game. In the second quarter, when the Chiefs are up 14-3, Smith throws to Kelsey, and he's getting tackled by one guy while Jonathan Cyprian just absolutely levels him with a helmet-to-helmet hit. Now, we joke around about a little extra hot sauce, but you can't tell me it didn't seem like that guy was headhunting. Uh, yeah, he was. Because it felt like, watching the replay of that, it felt like that dude was headhunting. Uh, there was no flag on the play. And God bless Kelsey got up, man, dazed and confused, dude. I mean, he looked like he he just went around with like Rocky Balboa. You know what I'm saying? He yeah. looked he looked rough, bro. Um, the Chiefs did finish off that drive. Uh, Smith hit, ended up hitting Demarcus Robinson for a four, uh, for a 14 yard touchdown with I don't know, like four seconds left on the clock. So that you know they staked the 21 to three halftime lead, and you're like, all right, all right, all right. No Kelsey, still looking pretty good. But you get a hell of a turnaround from the Titans in the second half. And, again, we, we've talked about this a little bit, but, you know, Mariota essentially catching his own touchdown pass. I mean, it's a fluke play. I mean, it's a fluke play. But for him to scramble around, then cut back, and then throw the ball, and Revis to just jump up and bat it, and it just goes right back to Marcus Mariota, and he grabs it and dives into the end zone. And unlike Carr... He can actually stretch out a ball in one hand. You know what I mean? <laughs> he can actually stretch out and make that play. <laughs> you know what I mean? That, that, that sounds kind of dirty, though. Balls. Well, nobody stretch out a ball in one no, hand, man. Nobody you know? stretches out with balls in one hand like Todd, except maybe Shaq. But. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we love you, Todd. I dream to dream. <laughs> Indeed, uh, that touchdown closed to twenty-one to ten. It really was an incredible play, and I liked. Uh, I saw a story where they had uh, one of the some news station had a picture of Marcus Mariota, and they had like quarterback. Uh, they listed his positions of, as like quarterback, offensive lineman, running back, wide receiver, and I laughed. I thought that was so funny. Um, but you know, he was all purpose in that game. He and, was. And, I mean, he he just was. I mean. 
And that's one of those proverbial, you know, somebody wants it more, somebody's going to take it, whatever, man. In the second half, the you know, the Titans really rallied up. And you have to give them credit for that. I joke around about the whole Patriots mole, Darrell Revis thing, but just odd to me. Uh, it's just it, several, and it wasn't just one play, it was multiple plays. You know, in the fourth quarter, it was second and 10 from the 35. Derrick Henry just, you know, takes the ball and just slices to the defense for a touchdown, man. Darrell Revis didn't want any part of Henry on that run. None of it. That was a business decision. Yeah, that was a business (laughs) decision. Then it's 21 to 16, right? It's 21 to 16. Chiefs get the ball back. It's third and two from their own 46, and you're like, okay, just run the ball. Do something, right? Right. They don't. They don't. Is it a handoff to Hunt? Nope. Alex Smith throws to a tight end nobody has ever freaking heard of. Orson <laughs> Charles, which sounds like a great name from a novel. You know, maybe he was hanging out with the great Gatsby or some crap. But great name for a novel. Uh, but, uh, dude, a tight end you've never heard of, he drops it. And, of course, what is it? Punting time. So, Titans get the ball back. It's third and eight. Mariota's sitting scrambling around, scrambling around to buy time. He takes off down the sideline for a first down. Sets up a 22-yard touchdown to, uh, to Eric Decker, who I feel like has been in the witness protection program most of the year. Uh, but he brings that sucker in with a, with a DB draped all over him. 22-21, Titans are leading this ball uh, leading this ball game. They do miss the two-point conversion. And I'm pretty sure it was this one. Um, but wasn't it this two-point conversion where, like, it looked like the, uh, the Chiefs, you know, it took the ball and were going to run that thing back and get their own two points out of it? God, it was freaking bananas, man. Anyway, it didn't happen. Didn't happen, but it looked like it was going to. Here's the thing. You got you got a couple of close plays, a couple of woulda, coulda, shoulda moments, but Kansas City gets the ball back. They have plenty of time on the clock. And what do they do with it? A big bag of bupkis, dude. As it gets later, as it progresses through, man, there's a little over two minutes to go. Chiefs have all, all three of their timeouts. Ends up being fourth and nine from the 44. Chiefs go for it. Alex Smith slightly overthrows Albert Wilson. Although, God bless, I think Wilson would have been totally lit up by the defense. He had one guy uh, behind yeah, him. Yeah, he was about to yeah. get crushed. Yeah, he had one guy behind him, one guy in front of him. looked like they were getting ready to blow him up. And then, you know, the Kansas City crowd gets teased again because the Titans get the ball back, obviously. And for a brief moment, it looked like Derrick Henry fumbled the damn thing and the Chiefs D recovered and ran it back uh, with a scooping score for 55 yards, man. But... <laughs> Obviously, upon Sean, further review, Sean McDonough hit puberty <laughs> on that play as well. But somebody may have had some money on that game. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> also a business decision. <laughs> but yeah, here we are talking about the Chiefs not <clears throat> not you know running the game and getting Hunt involved, and whether that's play calling, execution, whatever it is, man. The Titans seal the deal on the ground, man. It's third and ten. Mm. Derrick Henry pops off for a twenty-two yard run, and Mariota's right there again, man. He delivers uh, just a crucial block on this play, and yet again, Darrell Revis is out there slacking on the pursuit. Look, I'm not saying that Revis would have brought him down be- before the first down marker, but maybe he does. Maybe if he goes in there after, you know, Derrick Henry, maybe he can't pop the ball out. It's just a, that that part was just weird to me. So look, at the end of the day. The Chiefs blow a 21-3 to halftime lead. They shit the bed in the second half. We talked about Alex Smith's numbers. Look at this for Marcus Mariota. 
First half, 7 of 13, 82 yards, and an interception. All right, terrible first half. In the second half, Mariota's 12 of 18 for a buck 23, two touchdowns, and a passer rating of just a shade over 123. In fact, it's his highest second half passer rating of his career. All right? Random fun factoid, by the way. The Titans have two wins when trailing by 14-plus points <laughs> under Marcus Mariota. You know who those two wins have come against? Kansas City. The Kansas City Chiefs. Damn. <laughs> good job, good effort. Yeah, one in week 15 of 2016 and the second in this wild card game. You know, again, the Chiefs only ran the ball five times in the second half, man. It's like, come on, y'all. That nearly had 62 total yards in the second half. I mean, it, it was atrocious. You know, when you think of the numbers and, you know, stats and analytics, sometimes you can get lost in numbers. But, you know, the Chiefs are 6-0 and this season with when Kareem Hunt has 20-plus carries. How many did he have against the Titans? 11. All right? Mm. You can complain about the officiating. Jeff Triplett, <laughs> Triplett and his crew, you know I'm no fan. And there's certainly a couple of calls that were arguably missed. Uh, Mariota, you know, the whole forward progress, non-fumble thing that you can argue about that. Um, you know, Kelsey had a fumble that wasn't called. You can argue about that if you, if you really want, uh, the officiating wasn't great. Um, but that's not the sole, you know what I mean? You can't pin that loss just on officiating. It didn't, it, (laughs) it didn't help the game flow. But it's not the reason the Chiefs lost. But no. run it, the ball, guys, run the yeah. ball. But uh, Triplett uh, uh, announced his retirement after that game, and <laughs> most of us said, "Thank you, <laughs> thank you for About your damn time, thank you for your service." See you later. Uh, Andy Reid, by the way, one and four in the playoffs in Kansas City. And as Shannon may remember, the Chiefs under Andy Reid also blew a twenty-eight point lead <laughs> in a playoff game. <laughs> Uh, Andy Reid, by the way, is one in six in his last seven playoff games. So a couple of things to note. Number one, there are 71 playoff games in NFL history where a team has at least an 18-point halftime lead. Andy Reid? Andy Reid is 0-2. Everyone else? 67-2. So of the four losses with the team having an 18-point-plus lead at halftime, Reed's got Reed's got two of two of four. That's nuts. That's nuts. I don't know if you guys are going to remember, but uh, this actually is grouped in with some of the biggest comebacks in NFL history. Do you guys remember what the biggest one is? Oh yeah, Bills Oilers. Bills Oilers, nineteen ninety two, thirty two points. You want to wager a guess what the next one is? Uh, Patriots Falcons. Nope. 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 Close. That's number three. Okay. Hmm. We just so that was what twenty five, right? Just referenced it a few minutes ago, man. Colts Chiefs, buddy. Oh yeah, yeah. Colts, Colts Chiefs. Chiefs. <laughs> wait, a, wait a math, MacGuffin. Wait a math. <laughs> um, <laughs> the the two thousand and two NFC Wild Card. Forty ers took out the Giants after trailing by twenty four points. Oh, you waited until Mark was gone for that one. Yeah, Dang I did. It. Yeah, no, it's too bad. It's too bad. And the 1957 divisional round game between uh, with the uh, the Lions uh, coming back from uh, apparently 20 points. I 
apparently forgot to write whoever they lost to and or beat, but that was a 20-point comeback. I guess in my notes I figured who the hell cares about 1957. Uh, anyway, of the six biggest comebacks in NFL playoff history, Reed has lost two of the six. Womp womp. Yeah, that's a big fat bag of suck, dude. That's tough. Also, um, let's raise a glass to Alex Smith. Thanks for the memories in Kansas City, brother. I think your time is done, sir. Yeah. I think your time is done. <clears throat> Shannon, at the end of the day, man, uh, or, or Randy, if you want to run with it, <laughs> how did the Chiefs F that up? <laughs> I mean, Obviously, I think-, they, I think they just made uh, poor halftime adjustments. They uh, got to give all the credit to Tennessee just because they came out, they had a game plan, they stuck with it, and Kansas City just didn't respond. It was as if they, all that momentum they had in the first half just died out. And I just, I couldn't believe it. I could not believe how, it's like, you know, you've, you've played the drop multiple times. Yeah. Like, how do you F that up? You, you have you the momentum on your side. Keep doing what you're doing. How Keep the, do you fuck that up? You know, keep the ball out of Tennessee's hands, if especially since they showed that they were coming out, they were re-energized, they were good. At, you know, especially after that miraculous touchdown by Mariota, it's the whole idea of keep away. Yeah, you've got a world-class athlete at running back, and if you can't move the ball because Kelsey's gone, you still have Tyree Kill. Run some reverses with the man, do screens with him. I mean, something. get him involved. Something. And I mean, you know, and Alex Smith can move. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. I, I, you know, I know that uh, their OC interviewed. He ended up taking the the Chicago Bears head coach. Good luck, sir. <laughs> Good luck, sir. Uh, and I, I don't know how much of that factored into it, but uh, that's just one of those things that you're on the surface. You're like, come on, y'all, for real? Yeah, y- y'all couldn't figure that out. Play calling, adjustment, something. I mean. I, it's just it's just too bad. I mean, again, kudos to the Titans. I don't want to take. I, I don't mean to diminish or I don't want to take anything away from what Tennessee did because they played a great second half. But God bless, man. The Chiefs were just a bag of complete freaking soiler <laughs> alert butt suck bag of fat whatever you want. I mean, that <laughs> you know what I mean. That was just stank. That was stank. Yeah. That was and, on a quick a quick side note here since we talked about Nagy going to the Bears as the new head mm-hmm. coach. I'm going to go Chris Berman here cuz let's be honest, we I think we all felt just big old gap of just no Berman this year this year just I, it, I hate, it is I, weird. I miss Berman. It is weird. But Chiefs announced their new uh new offensive coordinator taking over Eric sleeping with B enemy. Wow. <laughs> Not, well done. Nice pull, well Randy. Well done. Not so bad. I, 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 so I, need, I needed some bourbon in my life. We all need bourbon in our lives. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, no, it's all good, bro. I appreciate I do appreciate that. I do appreciate that, by the way. Oh, uh, random side note. Uh, happy seventh anniversary to the Beast Mode Beast Quake. Oh, yeah. Marshall has it really Lynch? been that long? Yeah. It has. Yeah. 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 Marshall Lynch. Like it's been that long. No, it doesn't, but it has been. That was that was Damn. that was pre Russell Wilson, by the way. Yeah. Marshawn Lynch with that absolutely just ridiculous 
67-yard uh, <clears throat> touchdown run and, to be fair, and diving crotch grab uh, versus the Saints <laughs> in their wild card playoff game. Also want to wish a happy uh, 84th birthday to Bart Starr, uh, an Alabama grad. Let's hope he enjoyed that comeback victory. I would imagine that he did. Maybe not the night of. <laughs> I was going to say, maybe maybe this morning. Maybe this morning. Yeah, yeah. Entirely possible. I don't know. Maybe they got the TiVo or the DVR. Hopefully he's not going VHS or Betamax. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> On that job. He put, but if he is, it's, it's, it, hey, man, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Again, a disappointing end for the Chiefs. I mean, I guess you can fault Andy if you want. Uh, people are probably going to unfairly pin a bit of that on, on you know, Alex Smith. Maybe, maybe he earned part of it. Maybe Reed earned part of it. But, you know, the defense failed too. The offense didn't get it done. The defense didn't get it done. You know, they had their pro- – it's just a shame. It's just a shame. And that's a team that – I don't know, man. You go back to Martin, Marty Schottenheimer. I mean, that team has just had issues closing out stuff. You know, good in the regular season – and just not getting over the hump in the playoffs. And it's a weird thing, man. You know, it, it's, a, it's a weird thing. And that's a that's a franchise that legit has a monkey on their back. You know what I mean? Legitimately. I mean, hell, even when they had Montana. They, yeah. They got to the playoffs, but they, he couldn't get them over the hump. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, and I think one year with Montana, I want to say it was Montana. I swear there was an SI cover. And it was Montana and Marcus Allen. I don't remember. Who, I, I want to say there were three people on the cover. Maybe it was the guy that used to be a, a def- uh, that was a defensive player for the Broncos, and then came over to Kansas City. Maybe, but uh, but I, I can remember Marcus Allen and Joe Montana on it. And uh, I want to say they were at least favorites to reach the AFC Championship, if not to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. And they just they, you know they didn't get it done. But uh, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe they're a little snake bit, but. And maybe that's part, partly in their own head. Maybe. Maybe. Well, we, we do need to get to pick, so I guess we got to burn through a couple other things. Uh, Saints-Panthers was a good game. Uh, certainly enjoyed that one. That was probably one of the more lively games, really start to finish, uh, for the wild card weekend. And, you know, we talked about Cam Newton need, needing to have an A-plus game. And, honestly, I, I think he really had. He did. Uh, he, yeah. he played a damn good game. You know, and, and some of the some of the things that didn't happen, you had some wide receiver issues. At, you know, Kalen Clay dropped a, a damn sure touchdown in the in the first quarter. Man, that ball hit him in the freaking hands. Uh, I mean, he dropped that sucker. Uh, and then Graham Gano missed a twenty five yard field goal. He went Alabama on that sucker. So you know, the can't pan- do it. Can't do it. Um, <clears throat> and you know, I joked around about the whole Ted Ginn experience, but yo, for real. When Breeze uncorked that bomb to Ted Ginn, that was an 80-yard touchdown strike. That was the longest play of the Saints season. That was a great throw. It was a great catch. And Ginn just cranked up the afterburns on that sucker. But that's a serious point swing. To not only have a dropped touchdown, but then to miss the field goal, and then to give up an 80-yard touchdown. You know, it's really tough. Uh, Saints look pretty good early in this game. Um, I think at the end of the day, though, when you get kind of late... You know, the Panthers do rally up pretty strong, and they deserve credit for that because they had to kind of close a little ugly with field goals before they, you know, I, I think, when did Pam, uh, Pam, when did Cam finally hit, you know, Panthers and Cam, man, I just combined those two, that's the beer, brother, Pam Newton, his alter ego, it's <laughs> pretty funny, but, um, you know, Cam Newton hit, uh, you know, Greg Olson for a 14-yard touchdown on third and six in the uh, fourth quarter to close it to twenty four nineteen. 
Saints are still leading at that point. But, you know, a lot of field goals, man, for the Panthers. But they, they just they missed a couple of, of pretty key opportunities. But when you get late in that game, you know, obviously we talk about and the Panthers getting the ball and then, you know, Cam Newton getting blown up. About nine minutes left on the clock, and he dropped. He dropped back. He got away from one defender, and then he just got completely bushwhacked by another. You know, he claimed he was poked in the eye. I, you know, at maybe, but it, you know, he got up from the head. He was trying to go to go back to the sideline, and he ends up collapsing on the field, going down on the field. You know, goes to the sideline tent, and you know, you get Derek Anderson out there. Look, I, I don't know who expects Derek Anderson to do a whole bunch in that game, but pff, I didn't. And uh, apparently he didn't either because he, he didn't do a big bunch of anything. As Dean Wormer <laughs> would say, Shannon, how's it go? 0.0. Yeah, so that's about what they got. You know, Cam ends up coming back in. And we can talk about the NFL, you know, concussion protocol. We can complain about that. But, you know, either way, man, it's just, you know, Panthers had these spots of momentum. And I think the Saints knew that because uh, they rallied up pretty strong in the second half. Look, they weren't going to get it done. If Newton won in the game, they weren't going to get it done. You know, they bought some time with, with old DA in there. But, you know, Newton had to be in the game. And he he played a good game. He can be a little inconsistent at times. Sometimes he sprays those balls a little bit. Oh, that sounds really dirty. Uh, so, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes he sprays the balls around a little bit. You know, it, it, it does happen. You said That's right. balls. Thanks, Al. Appreciate that, buddy. But they had their opportunities, but it, it had to be Cam. It wasn't going to be Derek Anderson, man. Uh, Breeze, by the way, and we talked about this the other week, you know, if, the Panthers sold out to stop the run. They did. They sold out to stop the Saints' run game. But the thing is, and it's one of the reasons I think the majority of us took the Saints, it was like, look, even if the Panthers stopped the run, can they stop the run and stop Breeze? Well, they couldn't. You know, Breeze was out there doing Breeze things, you know, uh, in this particular case, he rolls out. He corks a pretty throw to Michael Thomas for a 46-yard gain to get the Saints inside the five. You know, Kamara finishes off the drive with a touchdown. It's 31-19 Saints. Cam gets back in. Panthers have the ball to 44. He, he hits McCaffrey on a slant. And, you know, McCaffrey, I, I, I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe he caught some people off guard with his speed. But homeboy took off, man. Homeboy took off. Uh, to get away from the defense for the touchdowns, 31-26. And then things get a little bit screwy, right? Things get a little bit screwy. Uh, Saints have the ball to 47. The Panthers stop Kamara on third and two. And then the Saints go for it on fourth and two. All right, Bree scrambles out. He throws the interception, which ends up going to Mike Adams. Although, to be fair, to be fair, I didn't actually think that interception was going to stand. I know you can complain about, you know, he should have batted the ball down. He should have knocked the ball down. Man, that's fair criticism. But given the way that some of the calls have gone in the league this year as far as a reception, I didn't think that was going to stand. Really didn't. Uh, Panthers do end up getting a yardage back. You know, they have the ball to 31 with just under two minutes to go. Cam hits Funches on first and 10. So they get the ball back at midfield anyway. But what's relevant in this case is they, you know, they ended up burning about 45, 46 seconds off the clock between plays. And that hurt. Uh, yeah. They didn't have any timeouts, man. Uh, Newton ends up hitting uh, Kalen Clay on the sideline. Well, he may have butterballed that touchdown in the first quarter, but he did bring <laughs> this thing in. About a minute left on the clock. All right, second and 10 from the 21. Newton takes a snap, and the D just brings the heat, buddy. 
Um, and they just push McCaffrey all the way backwards into the pocket. <coughs> Look, I like McCaffrey, but I don't like his chances against a gigantic lineman coming after his ass. <laughs> all right. He just doesn't have the body size, the mass, the weight, the butt, the trunk, the legs, the anything. I mean, it, it, I mean he just got pushed. But he, it's like he got shoved backwards, right? And, and that guy just collapsed the pocket by going through McCaffrey. Um, and the, that defender says can back paddling, uh, back pedaling, has him in his mitts, and you know he throws it away. It was an you know they call it intentional grounding, and quite frankly, it, it was it's a little bit of a bitter pill. Because I know he was close to being outside of the pocket. Maybe if they showed another replay, maybe he was outside of the pocket. But they didn't give us the benefit of that. <laughs> I don't have. I'm not looking at the all 22. Can't tell you. It was a little bit weird, but it was intentional grounding to me. He wasn't a grasp, and he did just kind of throw up a wing and a prayer. So he probably deserved the intentional grounding. Uh, Ron Rivera was not happy about that, and he he, he bitched about it. Uh, in the post game, talked about uh, you know how the refs didn't explain it to him, get, didn't give him an explanation for that. But you know, I, I think we all knew what that was. He was in the grass when he just kind of threw it, threw it up, threw it out. Maybe they could have let that one ride, eh. but you know, lost it down, ten second runoff, and, and now Carolina's down to thirty one seconds. Again, they have no timeouts, man. Uh, and you know, the Panthers were close, dude. You know, Cam Cam at some point in this last little series of plays in the fourth quarter. Uh, Cam stroked off a really nice throw to Funches in the end zone, and you know Funches couldn't bring it in. Mm, you know, yeah. couldn't bring it in. It was a shame because that throw was on point, dude. Yes, it was. Ends up being fourth and twenty-three, and the Saints just bring the blitz and just drop Cam. Man, <laughs> they just they just bring the heat and and bring that guy down, dude. The old proverbial game over, yeah. But you know, I I don't know how much of this you want to stick on Newton. Um, again, I thought he played a good game. Gave a shot at team, uh, you know. Clearly gave his team a shot at the W. Uh, we can talk about the concussion protocol. That yeah, fine and dandy, I get it. But, you know, keep in mind that for Drew Brees, uh, this is a seventh 300-plus yard playoff game, third most since 1970. Shannon, do you know the only other uh, the, the only guys that have done it more than Drew Brees? TB12. <laughs> yep, that's one. I mean, I, I'm going to guess Peyton. You're correct, sir. Okay. You're correct. Look, Breeze is undefeated in playoff games at home, 5-0. Uh, he's averaging 305 pass yards a game at 12-1 to touchdown ratio, touchdown interception ratio, with a passer rating of a, a shit over a buck 16. So it's a big deal to go into New Orleans and, and beat Drew Breeze. It has not happened in the playoffs. The Panthers were close. They gave him a good game. They gave him a strong finish. They just couldn't quite get over the hump. So, a bit of a tough break. But, you know, I'm intrigued by the Saints traveling to Minnesota. I got to tell you, that's probably my – if I only got to watch one game this weekend, that would be the one that I would watch. Yeah, same. If I only got one. Oh, yeah. Uh, side note, on the interception, you know, with Tom – you know, or actually with a couple of things – whether it's the pick, whether it's time on the clock, whether it's intentional grounding, the almost touchdown to Funches. Uh, don't get me wrong, but couldn't the Panthers have used uh, either Ted Ginn or Kelvin Benjamin? I'm just saying. Just saying. Um, yeah, you would think. Just yeah. saying. Kind of A couple of little interesting things. Uh, the whole thing with Cam talking about someone poking him in the eye yeah. when he has a visor on. I know. he has a visor on his helmet. Yeah. 
Um, that and ESPN, some of the guys said, oh, yeah, the coaches told him to drop to his knees uh, before getting to the sideline. I was going, I don't know. That didn't look like he just all of a sudden dropped out of nowhere. He stumbled and fell. There's a difference. Yeah. I mean, Kelsey got up and you were like, dude, that, that, guy's, that guy got blasted. Cam was squinting his eye and then, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, again, there's some argument about the concussion protocol at the NFL, and I, I know Derek Anderson ended up coming in, but that was a weird. That was a weird series of events. Although, from, from a stalling standpoint, the New York Football Giants would be proud of Cam Newton and the Panthers <laughs> yeah, for that bad. one. They would be. On, and on the other side <laughs> note, very interesting possibility here. If the, the for the Saints to potentially never leave a dome for the rest of the playoffs, mm-hmm. if the Falcons win and the Saints win, they're going to New Orleans, and then for, if they if the Saints win there, they're going back to Minnesota for the Super Bowl. They How are not. That? They have a shot at running pretty much running the gambit at, at a dome. No, I mean, at the Saints in the NFC. Looking at this, and I was pretty torn. And Shannon. We, we, <laughs> I think it's hilarious, by the way, that we have the exact. We're doing the NFL playoff challenge, and you know you kind of pick your players for the playoffs, and you, you can, you know, either do players every week, and then if that team wins, you can carry them another week. So, you know, you can be kind of strategic about it. You can either kind of do players every week and run with it, or you can say, "Well, I'm going to skip wild card weekend, and I'm just going to go ahead and pick my guys, and I get a bonus the second week." Uh, but I think it's so incredibly random that Shannon and I. <laughs> Our team is exactly, and I mean exactly the same, a hundred percent, no difference, no variance. <laughs> I laughed, I laughed, and I have, and I have Saints and Patriots, but the Saints and the Vikings, that, that yeah. that's where I was really torn, and I almost went Saints, I almost same, went Saints, same, same, I was very close same. to doing that. But I, I, you know, I, I think I went with the Vikings out of a slight, almost kind of hope that they would make the run. I think it would be a, a neat story if they got to play a Super Bowl on their home field. I think it would it would just be super interesting, uh, and it, you know, and they have a good defense. Mm-hmm. They have a good defense, real we, good defense. We spend a lot of time talking about the Jaguars, but do not forget that the Vikings. They're number one in total defense, number one in scoring defense, number one defense in not allowing big plays. That's a pass over 20, a rush over 10. So I know it's not they're not the same teams that they were, right, in week week one. <coughs> I get that. If you just go on the quarterbacks, you go, well, I'm going to take Drew Brees over Keenum. Yeah, sure. But these teams are different, uh, significantly oh, yeah. so. Uh, than when they met in week one. I mean, Sam, Sam Bradford and Devlin Cook were out there for the Vikings. All right. Hey, hey by the way, Justin. Oh, and Adrian Peterson was there for the freaking Saints. Huh. Minnesota is actually going to invite Adrian Peterson back for this game so he can yell at Sean Payton on the sideline. You know what's great about the week one game? I know that's fantastic, man. You know what's great about the week one game between the Vikings and the Saints is that was when Adrian Peterson totally gave the st- – that was the – I wrote in my notes. I said that was the Adrian Peterson stink eye game. <laughs> oh yeah you know what i mean that was the beginning of the end for him yes. in new orleans yeah well i think didn't he finish the season with a neck injury and ended up yeah. on ir yeah mm-hmm. i would on ir i would imagine ap is done but uh, i don't know maybe he'll come back and ground out a couple of 
you know, low ball year, low ball yardage years or something. But uh, rando fact, the team whose stadium is hosting the Super Bowl has never made it past the divisional round. So it's a very unusual thing. It's a very unusual thing. As somebody that, and I think most most people know that, uh, or people that know me, let me clarify that. Most people that know me know that uh, Brett Favre is is probably my all-time favorite NFL player. So there's a part of me, and there's a lot of fans. I've read a whole bunch of fan threads <laughs> and fan boards. And let me tell you, there's still a lot of really salty Vikings fans about that 2009 <laughs> NFC Championship game, bro. <laughs> uh, yeah. That the Saints won to advance to their <clears throat> first Super Bowl and uh, take out your Indianapolis Colts, by the way. But they beat the ever-living crap out of Brett Favre. That was, I mean, they, they had a hot, they had yeah. a high-low in that. You know, so I've seen a lot of fan chatter hoping they can exact the same, you know, same toll on Breeze and avenge that game. Damn. I mean, they're saying, well, do it, do it clean. Do it clean, but go after them. Um, also, one thing I think is very significant is the Saints lost one of their starting linemen, uh, Andrus Pete, you know, broke his leg in that Panthers game. Oh, no. Now, they made up for it in the game. But given the state of the Vikings' defense, you know, again, we give the Jags a lot of gloss, a lot of love. And maybe, you know, the NFC North, I mean, the Packers had their issues this year. The Bears had their issues this year. The Lions, well, the Lions are just going to do Lions things. You know they're going to find a way to suck. <laughs> so maybe that kind of stat pads a little bit for Minnesota, maybe. But it's an intriguing matchup. Again, I don't know how much week one means. I mean, Sam Bradford, dude. He, I mean, he's on IR. Zero. Bro. It's a whole zero point yeah. zero. At I this mean, point. It, it's Case Keenum. You know, if Keenum goes out there and his choke buckets, yeah, Saints are probably going to win this game. <clears throat> if Keenum is out there and has a clean game, he doesn't have to throw for four hundred yards, right? He doesn't have to do that. Play a clean game. If the Vikings defense shows up and is legit. And you got Latavius Murray, you got McKinnon. I mean, they've got skill position stuff. Uh, Case Keenum, you know, Keenum's got some opportunities there. Uh, and, uh, you know, some people have talked about the fairy tale. Well, the fairy tale doesn't have to be over yet. Uh, we'll see if the Saints can end that. But, you know, I'm just super intrigued by this game. But I do think there's a little bit, at least for the fans, there's a revenge motivation for that 0-9 championship game. Uh, if memory serves, there are only three players from that 9 team that are on this team. Again, that's I mean that's essentially seven eight years ago. So that's that's an eternity wow. in football. That's an eternity in football. But there are some people left. But for the fans, where they knew the players, knew knew the game, knew that kind of stuff. Oh, bet your ascot. That they want some revenge for that that uh, <laughs> yeah. you know for the far of beat 'em up game for sure for sure oh, yeah all right uh, well I tell you what we talked about Atlanta and the Rams we talked about Jaguars and Bills I mean Tyrod Taylor guy just missed on a couple of things so close it was an ugly game kudos I guess to Blake Bortles who <laughs> couldn't hit the broadside of a barn in most of that game and somehow 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 ended up. You know, picking up a bunch of first downs and a bunch of yardage with his freaking legs. <laughs> you know, worst and, possible time to revert back to his old self. I know it was abs. It was absolutely fugly, dude. You know, again, I, I found that game oddly compelling. Uh, a lot of people did not, 
and I totally understand why they did not. Um, but one of the most random stats that came up during the game was this one. And this was clearly motivated by Bortles getting out there, booking around with his legs, man. The most yards per rush by a quarterback with, you know, a minimum of 200 attempts all time. Blake Bortles is fourth behind Michael Vick, which most people would figure Vick would be first, and he is. Bobby Douglas and Randall Cunningham. But Blake freaking Bortles, fourth in average yards per rush for a quarterback all time. (laughs) Bananas. All right. So, I mean, that was a tough game to get through, a tough game to watch in some capacity. Oddly compelling, fugly compelling. Um, an absolute punt party, but yeah, Bortles was just, a, oh, man, he was bad. Woo! <laughs> well, and to, to have the, uh, you know, have that nice little stat of being the only quarterback in NFL history to have more rushing yards than passing yards, no quarterback wants to have that. No, he wasn't, on, though. On, he wasn't. He was the third. Oh, the third? He was the you know third. what? He got the W. That's all that he, matters. He did get the W. He's the third quarterback to win a playoff game with more rush yards than pass yards since 1970. Okay. I'll give you one of these guys you should guess out of the gate. Vic. Absolutely. Well, yeah, because, I mean, he was always erratic with his throws. He was. 2004 Divisional, Falcons, Rams, Michael Vic ran for a buck 19 pass for 82. Wow. Obviously, you know, wild card game, Jags, Bills, Bortles rushed for 88 and passed for 87. Uh, the other one's so ugly, I can't imagine even watching this damn thing. Uh, 1973 AFC Championship game, uh, Dolphins, Raiders. Uh, Bob Greasy rushed for 39 and passed for 34. Wow. Oh. See, I would have guessed, like, Fran Tarkenton would have been, like, having more rushing yards than passing yards because he was always one of those guys that would do something like that. That would Bob make sense. Yeah. Greasy. Could, yeah, Bob Greasy. That, that, I didn't expect that name to be on, on that particular Yeah, list. exactly. Uh, Jags, by the way, are the eighth team since 1970 to win a playoff game with 10 or, few, uh, 10 or fewer points. Random aside, and this I actually thought was really funny, uh, the Jacksonville Airport totally trolling Buffalo. All right, of course. <laughs> they tweeted they tweeted out to the only Bills touchdown this weekend on our runway. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Damn. Pretty funny. Side note, side note, side note. Of course, at some point in that game, Tyrod Taylor gets knocked out. And I was having a conversation oh. with a coworker of mine, and he was like, no, Tyrod Taylor is a really good quarterback. And I'm like, bro, I've watched the Bills. Tyrod Taylor has his moments. I'm not going to call that dude a really good quarterback. Can't do it. Can't do it. Uh, Can't do it. No, but, it, you know, he obviously he, he had a Bills tie on, so he's got some Bills fan in him, and, and I can respect that, but don't tell me how good Tyrod Taylor is, man. <laughs> uh, guy's got some heart. Guy's got some heart, and he has some moments, but a little inconsistent for my liking when it comes to that. But uh, when Tyrod gets knocked out and Nathan, Pe- Nathan, Nathan Peterman comes rolling in there, <laughs> You had to know that that game was done, son. On fourth down, and that dude gets the first down, though. Well, he fumbled it. Well, yeah. But he but... fumbled it. He got it back. So that dude, <laughs> that dude in the span of, like, almost no plays has a first down, has a fumble, and has a freaking interception. I don't know how you stack all those things together. 
You know what I mean? Who oh, does that? Yeah. Who does who 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 does that who has time? Nathan Peterman. Nathan Peterman does that. Nathan Peterman has time. It was strange as hell, by the way. I mean, the, how poetic is it that it, the game ends on an interception by him? <laughs> it's no surprise. <laughs> Random fun factoid. Nathan Peterman had more interceptions than Tyrod Taylor with four hundred and few uh, four hundred and five fewer passes. Good job, Buffalo. <laughs> Peterman threw six interceptions on fifty two passes. Tyrod Taylor, five on four hundred and fifty seven. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, quick question is Tyrod yeah. done in Buffalo yeah he's done yeah he's done yeah it, I best, mean, it, best possible landing spot for him do you what do you think would be Tyrod, Tyrod? I mean chances are it might probably be a backup but where, what, where do you think the best place for him would be back to Baltimore yeah back to Baltimore or to, anything's um, better than Ryan Mallett probably or to back or uh, uh, you know Roll out to Kansas City. I mean, I, th- I think that's Mahomes' team. You know what would be really funny? Alex Smith to Buffalo and Tyrod Taylor to Kansas City. <laughs> that would be quite ironic. Uh, don't yeah. laugh. I'm telling you, it might happen. Might this happen. is true. You know, Alex, you know, Alex, Alex Smith deserves – he's earned the shot to uh, to to get another go. I don't know who's going who's gonna to take him up on it, but I, he's not done. <laughs> Buffalo would be an interesting pairing. Buffalo and Alex Smith. That would be an interesting. Or Jacksonville. Alex Smith and Jacksonville could actually be pretty good. Mm-hmm. But what do you think? Would you take Alex Smith or Eli Manning? If you're Jacksonville, if you had the choice. Alex Smith. Yeah? Yeah. No ifs, ands, or buts. At this point, I just I, I like that Alex doesn't turn the ball over. Yeah. And Jacksonville needs a off an offense, excuse me, uh, that doesn't turn the ball over as much as Eli does. Yeah. I mean, I like Eli, but I think Alex Smith is a better fit. Uh, I think I think Eli gets another year, gets one more year in New York, and they yeah, go, they go and draft a replacement. He's not going anywhere this year. No, I, we'll see. We'll see. I, I think it would it would probably be beneficial to whatever quarterback they draft to get to be an understudy to Eli for a year, if he'll do it. You know what I mean? If he'll do it, um, there would be. I mean. He could impart some good knowledge to another guy, <clears throat> as long as he's willing to. Although there's been so much pressure to get these young quarterbacks out and starting that, you know, maybe you just you just cut ties, sever ties with Eli, and you move on because you don't know how long he's going to want to play. And you just roll, you just bring in a veteran, and then you just roll with your rook. Um, once the season is either lost or if if he just happens to win the job, happens to win the job, that'd be interesting. Well, I tell you what, let's go ahead and just call our shots. I think we've really covered. I mean, we talked about Rams Falcons. I, I think we just have to give yeah. kudos to the kudos to the Falcons for that. Their defense has really stepped up. Um, you know, the Rams had a couple of moments, just not enough. They also had some really serious special teams fail bucket kind of deals going on over there. Uh, by the way, uh, y'all got to get that field in better condition, man. Matt Ryan was out there looking like he was about to do some freaking splits, dude. <laughs> Come on, y'all. So that was a little, that was a little uh, you know rough and tumble, and there's no excuse for an NFL team, an NFL facility for an NFL playoff game. Zero excuse to have people who can't have traction on your field in a playoff game. Zero. 
Zero. Too much money, too many people, too much grounds crew, man. And I know that's an old school stadium. I totally get that. But that was a big bag of BS, man. All right, big bag of BS. You know, but the Falcons look good, man. They ran the ball well. Matt Ryan looked good. The defense looked really good as far as I'm concerned. Keep in mind the Rams were like. And they threw it to Julio. And they threw it to Julio. Hell yeah. You know, the Rams had been averaging almost 30 points per game. They were the number one scoring team in the league. And Atlanta held them to 13 points, man. That that was. First first playoff game jitters. That's why I liked Atlanta last week. Yeah. And, you know, some other people made the same line of commentary. And, you know, maybe that's part of it. Maybe not having Legatron hurt them. But, you know, this is the proverbial playoff experience matters game. The Rams had six players on their (laughs) roster with playoff experience. Six players with playoff experience. The fewest of any team in the league. Oh, here's your random factoid. Matt Ryan has a five-game streak of completing 70% uh, plus of his passes. Not shabby. Not too um, bad. You know, but it, the Rams had issues, man. Farrell Cooper coughing it up on a, you know, after he fielded the kick. I don't remember if that was a punt or a kickoff, but either way, he, you know, gave that ball away. Uh, the Rams, by the way, had four turnovers on special teams during the regular season. They were tied for the most in the NFL, and that monster reared its head in that wild card game. Reared its head in that wild card game. So, I tell you what, why don't we go ahead and call our shots and we'll, we'll get the hell out of here. So, right. we, we have, obviously, uh, four games division around Saturday. We have Falcons-Eagles, Patriots-Titans, and then Sunday we get the rematch of uh, Jags-Steelers <coughs> and then the Vikings and the Saints. Randy, why don't you give me your uh, divisional round picks, man? Where are you going with this, bro? Well, for, uh, for our Saturday games, I'm going to go Falcons just because – they look like they're pretty locked in at the moment. Their defense had an attitude about it that was they were just they weren't going to be denied. Uh, and finally, we got to see Matt Ryan actually play well for the first time in, in a little bit. Felt like so, it. And I, yeah, and I and I feel like with the Eagles right now, with you know with Foles at quarterback, I just don't know. I mean, yeah, they've got a, they've had extra time to prepare, but is that is it really going to be enough? Because at this point, I don't think so. I think the Falcons are going to just ride that wave of momentum and take that game. Um, obviously, to even think the Titans stand a chance against the Patriots, the only way they'll do that is if they keep the ball out of Tom Brady's hands, and that's just not going to happen. So Patriots are going to easily roll over, uh, roll over the Titans. I, I think I would. I would be shocked. I would be. Absolutely. <laughs> They've already shocked us once. I know. I know. I don't think they're going to do it again. I know. <laughs> I hear you, but going in to Foxborough exactly. to play the one seed Patriots with a bye week when you have all this BS floating around. Now, look, I'm not saying there's not any kind of merit or accuracy or who knows. Maybe there's a kernel of truth. You got a lot of stories floating around at the, about the Patriots going into the playoffs. A ton. You know, stuff from Belichick is he interested in coaching elsewhere Issues between Belichick, the organization, and Tom Brady's trainer slash coach slash whatever, whatever he is. You know, apparently Tom Brady's celebrating when Garoppolo got traded. I mean, there's all kinds of weirdness going on, man. And my best, my best guess, honestly, is all that crap, all that crap. Plus, you have James Harrison there now. What? Still weird to me. 
But my oh, guess, yeah, my, if any team can block out all that other stuff, it's them. But not only that, if any team can block that stuff out and simultaneously use it as fuel to be pissed off, <laughs> it's yep. that team. Now, look, yep. uh, Brady didn't look quite right at the very back end of the year. Fair criticism, absolutely. But to think the Titans are going to roll up in there, I don't know about that, bro. I don't well, know about not that. Not only that, but with Brady, even though Brady was kind of slacking off the end of the season, Deion Lewis was heating up. Yeah, it was. That's true. Yeah, Deion Lewis, man, ramping that thing up a little bit. By the way, Shannon, I'm glad you could appreciate the build of my team so much that you had to copy it in the, uh, <laughs> in the challenge, man. Imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. Uh, <laughs> now, like, as for the Sunday like, games, um, I'm actually uh, with Jag Steelers. Um, I'm actually uh, I'm going to go for the upset. I'm picking the Jags in a just a Ooh. low scoring, just knockdown drag out fight where there's not. Wow. I don't think I think the Jags are just going to probably try to run the ball like they have all year and say no more Bortles. <laughs> No more mortals. <laughs> hey, you know, how many pass attempts should that guy have in a game? Zero. <laughs> zero point zero. We sure as hell he, saw why. <laughs> hey, he's he's Army's going to recruit him to play for them. There yeah. you go. He can probably no run passes, for, just run it. That's right. He can probably run for you know three bills on UVA, man. <laughs> uh, and, and lastly, I'm going to ride the hot hand and I'm going to pick Saints over the Vikings. All right, so you're taking the Saints over the Vikings, the Jags over the Steelers. Uh, I think everybody in their right mind is taking the Patriots over the Titans. And did you say you're taking the Eagles or the Falcons? The Falcons. You're going to go with the Falcons. All right. Reasonable, reasonable picks. Uh, Shannon, what you got, bro? I'm going to go Falcons, Pats on Saturday, and Steelers, Vikings on Sunday. All right. Uh, Game you're looking forward to the most? Uh, late game Sunday, uh, Saints Vikings. That yeah. was the, that was the tough one for me because I kept going back and forth. I, whoever wins that game for me is going to represent the NFC. I'd say it's a um, strong, strong possibility. Strong possibility. So I went with the Vikings. I, I figured the NFL had the first overtime Super Bowl last year. This year they can have the first team to host a Super Bowl actually be in the Super Bowl. God, that would be so crazy, man. That'd be that'd so, be a hoot for Minnesota though. Yeah, um, and then they'd, they'd actually have legit home field advantage against the. Uh, well, clearly, you and I both think the Patriots are getting there, so that would get them home field advantage, and we'd probably be kicking everybody's ass in the playoff challenge. Can you? You, you, do, you do realize if nothing changes, we'll tie. I'm okay with that, by the way. That that's cool. I'm, I'm cool with that too. And by really the way, fun. this is if that if that were to happen, it would be the Randy Moss Super Bowl because you would have the Vikings and the Patriots. Yeah, did you he did, did you very well with? I saw a uh, I saw uh, they were they were talking about uh, you know picking the games. Randy Moss was the only person that picked the Titans to beat the Chiefs on like the, wow. their, their little brunch. Yeah, I, I was like, that's good prognostication, bro. I don't know if he did it just to be funny, but like he legit like they were showing the panel of the people picking games, and Moss took the Titan. Everybody else was Chiefs, man. Straight cash, homie. Straight cash, straight cash, homie. Straight cash, baby. That's how that works. Who you got, Captain? If Wentz was there, I'd be all Eagles, dude. Uh, I, I don't trust. Mm-hmm. I don't trust Foles yet. Playoffs are clearly a different beast. I think the Rams reminded us of that. 
Uh, and the Falcons, they, they got a little salt in those wounds, man. I know they got their ass handed to them at the back end of, uh, uh, you know, the uh, last year, certainly the Super Bowl with the Patriots. Uh, they got an extra little dose of salt with uh, the Bulldogs sucking a bag of, you know, a big old bag of butt suck against the Tide, man, in their home stadium. So they got to get the stench of fail off of them. Uh, they get to hit the road. It's going to be decent weather. It should be in the 50s. You know, they're playing good D. The run game's looking good. Matt Ryan's been efficient. They've got the playoff experience. I don't love the Falcons. They're inconsistent, in my opinion. But I like how this sets up for them. I don't trust the Eagles yet. They're going to have to prove to me that I should. And until they do, until Foles proves to me that he's more like the guy that went 27-2 and and less like the guy that looks like, you know, again, Napoleon Foldamite, um, I, I, I can't in good conscience pick the Eagles. All right? Um, I think I just have to go complete package. Inconsistent or not, i got to go Falcons. Uh, Patriots, Titans, come on, man. You know I'm taking the Titans 100%. Uh, That's nah, a joke, by the way. I'm taking the Patriots <laughs> nonstop. Uh, Patriots are 19-5 and five at home in the postseason under Tom Brady. Uh, so the chances of an upset, yeah, probably 0.0. <clears throat> Jaguars-Steelers, I, I just don't trust Blake Bortles, dude. I just don't. To me, what like what's the likelihood that even if A.B. is not 100%, they still have Bryant, they still have J.J. Smith-Schuster, they still have Le'Veon Bell, um, they're at home. I just I think they have a little revenge motivation. Their defense is pretty good, too. Defense is decent. So, it's hard to expect the Steelers to get caught off guard and to suck. I mean, five picks the last time they played. Two pick sixes. So, you keep in mind that the Jaguars winning that game, two pick sixes for touchdowns, and a monster Leonard Fournette essentially walk-off touchdown. Yep, 90-yarder. Uh, yeah, to make it 30-9. to nine. Fournette had 21 carries for a buck 81 and two touchdowns. And this was the infamous Big Ben, you know, post-game presser where he's like, maybe I don't have it anymore. Because <laughs> <coughs> he didn't have it in that game. So I, I just think I just think the Steelers are going to be motivated to make a point. Yeah. So can the Jags win? Of course they can. If you play great defense, if you can just put it uh, some points on the board and not do anything stupid, oh, never mind, it's Blake Bortles. Uh, but if, if you could, don't do anything stupid, get a couple of points on the board, ball control it, maybe. But I, I just don't I don't think it's reasonable to expect a game to play out the way that that one did. So I got to take the Steelers. Vikings, Saints. Honestly, I think the Saints can win this game. I really do. But I would prefer that the Vikings win it. I think the storyline with them potentially playing the Super Bowl in their home stadium is fantastic. Um, and quite frankly, yes, I'm salty. I would love to see them exact some degree of revenge on a 2009 NFC Championship game in Minnesota. I don't want them to hurt Breeze, but I sure as hell want them to get to him. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So I'll take that. Yeah, I know Drew Breeze is better than Case Keenum. Man, we all know that. We all know that. But no AP stink eye. No Dalvin Cook. So, a little different than week one. I like the Saints' chances, but I'm going for story. 
uh, and I'm going for. Uh, I think I just want. I'd, I'd rather see the Vikings win. I think they could uh, certainly rep the NFC, and it's not just because I have them in the playoff challenge. Of course, it is. It's not. <laughs> <coughs> it's not because I just have them there. But uh, I, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, whoever wins Saints Vikings to me is, in all likelihood, the Super Bowl team. Barring yeah. something weird happening with an injury, I just think that's the way. You know, it's between those two. So we'll see how it shakes out. But that's the end of the day, that's where I'm at. And sorry, Blake Bortles, if if you're 88 and 87, y'all aren't winning that game in Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> you need more than that, bro. You need more than that. And Jaguars fans, don't get Super Bowl tattoos. That's a bad idea. That's a bad idea. Some knucklehead got LII champions tattoo with a Jaguar head on the lower back. It's stupid. I hope I hope that's because you lost a bad bet in your fantasy football league. At least well, then, let's hope so. At least then you got a semi interesting story. Right? You got a semi interesting story. So anyway, well I think we've largely covered our bases. So Randy, you got any uh any kind of wrap up thoughts? Um, on the playoffs, not so much, but you know, obviously we hit on it a little bit earlier, but uh, welcome back, John Gruden. Uh, good luck, and I hope you came back for the right reasons, and not the hundred million that you got. Well, that's a hundred million right reasons, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's be I just fair. Hope he, I just hope that he's, you know, unlike what happened with like with Parcells, you know, actually stayed current with the game to the point of where he didn't just grow old and the game passed him by. That sort of thing. Mm-hmm. No, I think he's young enough, and I mean, he seems to legitimately care about that franchise and the organization, you know, and, and uh, yeah, bad haircut jokes aside, I mean, he looked, you know, he, he, he looked invigorated, and I think to get to have Carr, we'll see how well they get along, obviously that's a caveat, but there's good talent on the roster, uh, McKenzie I think has done a good job. Uh, Mark Davis clearly loves him. I mean, he said in the in the in the after the hype video, he was talking about how it's a big effing deal. I mean, it was kind of a hoot, and they have their forthcoming move to Las Vegas. So, uh, you know, Gruden Gruden clearly believes in that organization. He believes in the brand. All if I mean, he talked about all that stuff. That guy wants to be there, but rest assured, the those players. You better be ready for John Gruden, mm-hmm. and you better you better be you better know your damn playbook too. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, just rem- remembering him from the past, just how intense he was. It's get ready. Yeah, that's all but, I can say. Yeah, they're going to be an interesting follow. Um, I don't know that Marshawn Lynch will still be there next year. Uh, I don't think so. You know, mm-hmm. well, at some point he's just going to run out of gas. Right, just gonna run out of cash, but go run out of skittles, man. Yeah, yeah, no more skittles. He's gonna, yeah, maybe he's gonna have to switch to Reese's Pieces or something. <laughs> you know, hey, look, Marshawn, fall else fails, man. Just get need to get a new box. Not my box. <laughs> you can deal with the Saints eight in the box like you did way back when. Anyway, it's so stupid, dick in a box. I can't believe we broke that out. <laughs> <laughs> Something to show you that you are second enough. To all the fellas out there with ladies to impress, it's easy to do. Just-
a box. Two. Put your junk in that box. Three. Make her open the box. And that's the way you do it. It's hard to get a box. Dude, don't get me wrong, but oh, more Bill O'Reilly. Where you at? That's tomorrow. Don't get me wrong, but rest assured, if anybody could turn back time, it'd be those Titanic people. You know what I'm saying? Let's be real. <laughs> Notice she is, uh, in this video, she is on a gigantic ship. And some big cannons. <laughs> She may have known what she was doing, bro. <laughs> Maybe. Anyway, that's so dumb. <laughs> oh my god, it's quarter till three. I know, we stayed up way too late. Oh my um, god. Holy moly. We stayed up way too late. Tomorrow's gonna suck big bags of ass. You know that, Just right? Just a wee bit. Oh, Just uh, a little bit. Alright, well let's walk off and get out of here, man. <laughs> I tell you what, yeah. We'll give Alabama one more little shout out, one little more set of kudos, man. Nick Saban, Alabama, roll tide. I mean, come on, dude. Six? And they're not done yet, man. <laughs> they're not done yet. Tungo I mean, uh, What'd you say it, Shannon? Not one, not two, <laughs> not three, not four, not five, not six. <laughs> there you go. There it is. I don't know. I don't know how many how many more uh, national championship games can Nick Saban take like that though? Because I mean that game definitely took some years <laughs> off his life. <laughs> it, it, it may have, dude. That's why everybody Alabama man send Saban some gifts, y'all. Oh, that's eight in a box. Never mind. Well, actually, that could be a dick in a box. <laughs> Just not a fail or a dick in a box. <laughs> you said balls. balls. Balls, buddy. Balls. Anyway, yeah. Anywho, that was so, that was terrible. <laughs> that was terrible. Bill O'Reilly, right, we're going to get out of here, that buddy. That is it for us today. That is it for us today. And we will leave you with a... I can't do it. Okay. We'll do it live. Okay. How do you fuck that up? We'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! How right. fucking thing sucks! Do you fuck Five, that up? Three. That's tomorrow. That is it for us today. I'm Bill O'Reilly. Thanks again for watching. We'll leave you with Sting and a cut off his new album. Take it away. <laughs> anyway. Uh, on that note, from all of us to all of you, we are the Sports Brew. Thanks for uh, surviving another podcast with us. Oh, gosh. oh Lord. A wild card weekend and obviously a pretty fantastic college uh, 
you know, <laughs> championship game, man. Georgia, I feel for y'all, man. I was joking around with my uh, brother-in-law. He said he was going to go to that Georgia, uh, you know, championship game party. I sent him a um, a little thing from Daily Snark that had this Georgia fan, and I was going to play it during the podcast, but the video disappeared. And so it was at the end of the game, and this guy gets up and starts kicking the shit out of this door and gets his foot stuck in it, and then he just starts punch. He punches the door off the hinges. It's just an absolute hoot. And I said, "Well, I hope your, I hope that Georgia party didn't go like this." <laughs> and I said it to him. And he was like, "No, it was a good game, but I left at halftime." <laughs> and I laughed. He made the right decision. He made the right decision. So anyway, man, uh, kudos Alabama. Good job, y'all. Uh, I know it's going to sting a little bit, uh, Georgia fans. Kirby Smart, man. I, you, <laughs> a for effort, but you got the curveball with. Uh, you know, Tua rolling out there, man. Looking like baby Russell Wilson. And for real, that's who I thought of. Looking at that kid play, that's who I think of. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, look, I, it's a small sample size. You don't know what he's going to end up being. But holy moly, if there's anybody he reminded me of in that game, it is absolutely Russell Wilson. That was incredible. That was incredible. Yeah. Hashtag hold my pineapple. <laughs> oh, tongue of viola. Yep. There it is. So, uh, look, man, from all of us to all of you, enjoy. We'll catch you on the flip side. We'll get back to you after the divisional round. Um, and, Shannon, I'm looking forward to tying you in the uh, NFL playoff <laughs> challenge. The two of us, we're going to dominate, man. Mark was dropping hater blasts on us, man. He didn't like that. He didn't like our picks. Oh, well. We'll settle it, bro. We'll settle it on field. <laughs> Actually, you know what? If, if, we, if, if we're crushing everybody when we get to the Super Bowl, we should have, maybe we should have to uh, change one player. Uh, nah, we'll see. <laughs> nah, screw it, screw it. Screw I'm not it. worried after this week, and I'll take over because the Saints are going to win anyway. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Seriously, Winamp. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I guess we'll find out something. Nah, man. Move, bitch. <laughs> Get out of the way. Uh, nah, it's all good. All right, guys, man. Go get some rest. Go get some sleep. We'll catch you on the flip side. We're the Sports Brew. As always, you can find us on uh, iTunes, LiveSportsCaster.com, Stitcher Radio. You can find our main feed on Podbean, uh, on Twitter at VA Sports Brew. Look, from all of us, all of you, have fun. We'll catch you on the flip side. We'll catch you next week. But for right now, <laughs> we need to get the hell out of here because it is for real about 3 o'clock in the morning, man. Uh Good night now, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Or, as Todd would say, the stream around. (laughs) The stream around. (laughs) Don't you know? That's why everybody hurts, Shannon. (laughs) Oh, Surprised you're not playing R. Kelly right now. Well, golden showers, baby. with all those golden showers, no wonder they're shiny, happy people. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, REM. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. <laughs> well, I guess that is the end of the world as we know it. Yeah, the podcast. Oh, that's for sure. There you go. God bless. Well, we did it. We did it, Tone Loke. We did it. We're done.
<clears throat> All right. Go get some sleep, y'all. Catch you on the flip side. Peace out. <laughs> Good night now. Wow, three hours and nine minutes. That's the longest podcast we've done in a long time. Holy shit. Yeah, that, that's a beast. That's a beast. All right, gentlemen. Good night now. Hey, bro. Late. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>